anyway, this is an excuse for the PFW listeners to get on the craziness yes. that is the PFW podcast. And if you do, we will so. give your house points. Guys, I have terrible yes. news. What? I what? just hit record now. Are you uh, serious? It was what? only recording me. Oh. So I can actually... <laughs> I can. This is the reverse of that other episode that we did. I only record everyone. It now. So here's what we're gonna do, Puffwa style. Everything okay. we just said, we're gonna repeat in three minutes. I don't think I can be that spontaneous. No, you're not gonna be that spontaneous. Here we go. Welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. I'm Meg. And I'm Tina. <laughs> Why does Meg sound so sad? <laughs> no, I wasn't sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Meg. <laughs> I'm Meg. Are you drunk? What is wrong? <laughs> no. Thanks for noticing me. Okay, you are. Thanks for noticing. Okay, sorry. I meant to say... I'm Meg. Well, Meg is usually an octave higher, but Meg screwed up her sound preferences right there. She found her sound preferences, even though Jen can't find her sound preferences on her computer. <laughs> Jen, I have to tell you something. You could find room calibration, but you can't find volume up. I just have to point that out. Hey, I didn't say that there was rhyme or reason for the things that I do. Okay, I need, I have a confession to make to the puff word. The poofers, the poofers, the listeners the of the poofers. Everyone listening to this, I have an announcement to make. In episode fourteen or episode thirteen, episode thirteen, episode thirteen, episode thirteen. I don't know the name of it. Episode thirteen. Way back when. Way back in the day, we recorded an entire episode of the Perfect Weekly, and yet I forgot to record my own voice. And since I have been told I am pretty big around here, it ruined the episode. So I had to buy Lady Chi Chinese, and I had to like grovel, and everyone recorded the damn thing again. I just recorded. The first third of our episode, only my voice this time. I didn't record anybody else. So while I have learned, <laughs> while I have, you know, I have now balanced things out for us, we just lost a lot of stuff. So what we're basically going to do is really, really, really quickly cover everything we did and then jump into tonight's episode. Tina, I hear you're meeting Joe Rowling. I don't know if I'm meeting her, but I'm going to see her at Carnegie Hall next Friday. Tina, did you have a comment ready for Joe when you go to New York? There was a question you were going to ask. I did have one, but I'm reconsidering now. And why is that? Because she tells me that she's already answered that question. And how does that make you feel, Tina? It makes me feel sad. See what you did, G? You made Tina feel sad. <laughs> I'm so okay. jealous. The question oh. was, what does uh, Joe think of the affair regarding Melissa? Uh, Melissa, oh God, I forgot her name. Melinda's <laughs> the seventh Horcrux, and has she read <laughs> she's it? She's kind of a big and, deal. Yeah, she's kind of. Uh, do you know I had to sit down with Melinda the other day and explain to her how the fandom worked, and I had to explain to her that she was a big deal, like she didn't know. It was kind of funny, but um, she's so cute. So the question was, has Joe read the seventh Horcrux, and is she aware of the whole thing? And apparently, Chi's answer was, no, I haven't read it. It's terrible. So <laughs> we, so that Tina. That's not what she said. That is not what she said. Don't be a dork. I am a dork I now? All right. So, <laughs> so in other words, 
Tina has no question. I believe she's going to ask something about Joe, about Joe's favorite lawn furniture. Tina is offered a thousand points if she gets arrested in front of Joe Rowling. For right. doing something related to Puffwa. It has to be related uh-huh. to Puffwa, otherwise Puffwa doesn't care so much. I mean, we'll write to you and graffiti everything, but it doesn't really something. do anything. <laughs> you got graffiti Joe Rowling? That's 2,000 points. <laughs> but not like we don't like Joe Rowling, we love Joe Rowling. Like, you know, like, you know, graffiti her with love. Okay. Well, Jen, you gonna make me a t-shirt? I want to, and I want it to be Potterfic Weekly Rocks on the front, and then on the back it'll say, what happened to the 18 years? <laughs> All right, show of hands. Who has a problem with the fact that Ron has a son named Hugo? Victor Not Hugo. me. It doesn't really bother me. And Not because me. He, no, he needed a son named Chudley or something. It, Chudley? Chudley? <laughs> and it would have worked. I would have been happy with it. No. Chudley? Wait, he's married. Chudley! Oh, the cannons. I thought you meant Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> no. Obviously, Ron got to name the girl. She got a pretty name, you know, Rose. And then Hermione got to name the boy. And I don't think Ron got to name anybody. I think Hermione <laughs> named them both. <laughs> well, let's be serious, folks. Yeah. I would really like Ron, to know where Ron there's names. just happy to be with Hermione, finally. And he was like, name the kids whatever you want. She probably, like, glared at them with this look that said, you did this to me, and he let her do whatever she wanted. <laughs> probably. I'm pretty sure the way those two fight, pregnancy would enhance that. But you know what? Ron. I don't know what you're Ron. talking about. Ron. No, what happened? Ron, that's the sound my when the, girl is. When the son was born, Ron was probably in there, and they were fighting, and she was saying, you go! Go! You go! And the doctor thought she said, you Oh go. my and god, that's the go. worst joke ever told on Parthic <laughs> this is our thirty fifth recording. Jen, that is the best <laughs> joke ever. Oh told. my god, do you see the differences between Wisconsin and Massachusetts? I'm like, ah. And, yeah, and I see like, the differences. Meg oh, gets ideas, and Ryan gets ideas. <laughs> she is medicated tonight, everybody. We just need to let you know she's on pretty good drugs at the moment, right, G? Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Tell you that would be the best one shot, though, Jen. I will give you that. That'd be a great one shot. Hugo. Ten house points to whoever writes that one shot. <laughs> right. But they have and to have Draco and Leather in there somewhere. And it has to be a thousand point. Or a thousand and it has words. to be a smut fic. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyone who can do a fan art of Scorpius dressed like Scorpius from Farscape? That would be, <laughs> that would be awesome. Does everyone I mean, know, they got every- trying to look like No, it, does everyone so- know what I'm talking about when I say Scorpius from Farscape? Not me. Yes. No, everyone, but I'm laughing anyway. All right. If everyone, oh my gosh, you'll have to see it. It's wonderful. If everyone goes to their to Google and just Google Scorpius and scroll down on images, I'll, I'll like, find a picture here. All right. Y'all keep talking. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Um, other news: We have a Halloween edition of Polarific Weekly coming out within the next few weeks. It's going to be released on Halloween. We need people to take part in that. We need to know what your favorite Halloween fix are, your favorite Halloween scenes. We need voicemails. If you're a member of the forum, we're going to give you 20 house points for your voicemails if you send them in. Send us in your best Halloween memories, your thoughts on Halloween and Harry Potter in terms of fan fiction. If you just write us basically an email or send us in a voicemail saying, I like Halloween, I like candy, we're probably going to go with it because really we're just fun people. So contribute to the Halloween show and uh, Meg will give you a kiss at the kissing booth at the upcoming Halloween ball. Yay! But I still need a Yay. date. You need a date. I need a date who volunteers to wear leather, and then we'll be so cute together. Can I please ask that this date is over the age of 18? Yes. 
I I need a legal person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that sounded bad. Is that <laughs> that with someone with a helmet? <laughs> I need a date too. You don't have a date yet, Meg? I thought you had the date. No, I don't have a date. It's really pleasing. And you're in charge of the kissing booth. I know. Well, that's hey, Meg. Good. Gee, do you have a if date? we can't get dates in leather, no. Meg, you and I are going together. <laughs> yes. We can do. <laughs> we can be the fem slash couple. I'm trying to be awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to convince Eli that he needs to register for the forums and then take me to the ball. But, well, James idea. is registered, but that doesn't mean anything. Hey, everyone! Uh, yeah. The ball, the Halloween ball, which is you can read about all over the Perfect Weekly Forum. It's going to be October 26th through the 28th. It's going to be all weekend. There are events planned. Like, I just have to, for a moment, sell the Parfic Weekly Forum. The Parfic Weekly Forum is an act of God. It's like the deer I hit on the highway doing 65 miles an hour. I couldn't do that again if I tried and not damage my suspension. Like, you, like, like, we, there's no forum out there like the Puffa Forum. It's you, really awesome. Like, literally, when you go and you register and you say hello, you are tackled by 15 people, like Dobby, <laughs> who just want to hug to be you. Your friend. They want to be your friend. They want to know how your day was. This is, like, fantastic. Like, if you have low self-esteem, register for this forum, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have high self-esteem, we encourage you to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The PFW family accepts everybody regardless of their mental state. <laughs> and the bigness of their head. What? Exactly. Oh, I thought you meant actual cranium capacity. Can I tell you, I have the, can I tell you, I have the biggest head in the world? I do. I, I tried on a pair of sunglasses the other day that were like extra large and they were poking the side of my temples. My head is enormous. That's hilarious. I'm not. Oh, God. You know what it is? When I was a baby, my parents would put shirts on me and when they try and get them off at the end of the day, I kind of had like, you know, like a Tommy Pickles head. It wouldn't fit over the top of it. Like, they would lift me up by the shirt and like, I go off the ground. My head is enormous. Tommy Pickles. Yeah. That's so cute. You know what, Ryan? I have a big head too. Do you really? Yeah, I really do. Megan and I have so much in common. And her husband has the same name. It's weird. Wait, like the circumference is large? My head is the size of a large pumpkin. I I have a pumpkin head. I can't wear glasses because they would snap off my head. (laughs) Ryan is the pumpkin guy from, from, what is that? No, do you know how it is for me to wear baseball hats? Like, I can't fit the baseball hats on my head because they, like, don't come with bad. Oh, James has that problem, too. Like, he has the the extra big baseball hat. And it made him look like he had a, what are those things called that they had the little, thing that you hit and it goes around in circles beanie it looked like a beanie, beanie. <laughs> don't tell him i said that though <laughs> oh i won't i won't we're telling him back 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 oh. so jen me and you were going together Gee, what are you talking about? Dates. <laughs> does that sound like a good plan i think because you and so. i could get down and boogie with it yeah we could if you'd like to see that and jen you might have to track along guys we could have a we could have yeah. a we could have a threesome yes yes <sighs> Thank That's God we're explicit, or I just would have fallen over right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> opened up a whole new world, Ryan. We need more lesbianism in the forum. Oh, God. <laughs> well, evidently, we're the Charlie's angels, according to... Oh, right. Really? And, yeah. And well, Ryan's that's... Charlie. You? Yeah. Oh, that that's the one I called us that, right? I, so, no, someone else. Oh, Josh. Oh, Josh, that's right. Josh has such a sexy Australian voice, you guys. I know. Did, did we put the fly me to the moon? 
from Josh. Oh, yeah. Are we, oh, we have to do that. Yeah, just so everyone talk. knows, we actually we have um, not yet released episode 29 as we're recording this. Episode 29 got a little delayed. So if we have done our jobs right, you know what Fly Me to the Moon means. If, if you have no idea what it means and you've listened to episode 29, stay tuned for later on because maybe yes. you don't know what that means. And but Rob's doing a Shakespeare on it. I gave it to him already. Yeah. <laughs> it's I the one from Sense and Sensibility. And yeah. I read it it's too. Good, and it? it on Audacity with my English accent. Did you really? Oh my I gosh, did. I totally want to hear it. You do a British accent, or I'm sorry, Amy, an English accent. Wait, I'm going to find it, and I want you to yes. read it really quickly. That would be hilarious. No, no, no. I'm not reading it on the prepare. podcast. I already do other voices on the podcast. You do Lola, the 72-year-old Lola. <laughs> do Lola uh-huh. reading that. Shall I? Oh my gosh, that would be so funny. I have to do that. Okay. You have to do it in Lola's. Hold on, I'm finding it really quickly. Y'all keep going. I'm not reading that whole thing right now. I'd have to practice. I told Ryan it really hurts my, my <laughs> voice to do that for a long time. Tina. <laughs> yes. Tina's like, what that is Lola? Is. I'm lost. Oh yeah, if you don't listen to the last episode, you got no freaking clue what the hell's going on. Do you think he'll kneel down when he asks her? Shh. They always kneel down. Oh, I watched Pride and Prejudice today. It was awesome. Isn't that good? I love the new one. But I like the BBC other one with Colin Firth, too. I know. The whole I like shirt thing. Yeah. Colin Firth. Ooh, awesome. Next. See, oh my gosh, how many movies have I watched just because he was in it? Can I just point out the fact that MuggleNet is really hurting for new news to report? Yeah, they are. I don't even look at their stats anymore. Apple Prince continues filming. No kidding. Well, they've started filming. <laughs> <It> better be. <laughs> no, it's like the movie starts and the next day they have a news report. The movie's still out. Like, oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> but December 11th. Yay. Is the movie still in theaters? No. Is I don't that? think. Oh, December 11th for, um, for DVD? December 11th is the DVD. Mm-hmm. I really, and really so want to do a commentary of that. That will be awesome. We have to. Oh, oh not, we will. Oh, we will. It'll be the first time I've seen them. That will give us That will so give us another good. two months to do the other three. Yeah, like, my favorite is the third, and I call it. I and love I like, the third movie. Yay! I like the third one, too. Really, I mean, Tina? The whole of our third movie conference, like our I third s- movie commentary, just making fun of Ramus's mustache. Well, can I tell you I'm why the, the third is my favorite? Why? Okay, the third is my favorite because finally they give Harry some sex appeal. Yes. Thank you. Is and that Ron. not it? And finally, even when he's like, and finally, Draco's hair is not slicked back with six pounds of gel. Thank I actually you. liked the slicked back look better than the bangs oh, look. I like How that. awful is what that? What do you look for in these movies, just out of curiosity? <laughs> um, leather, <laughs> obviously. No, no, I don't, I don't know. In, that. In, in the third one, Dan Radcliffe to me. Well, he looked much it, old. It more like what I picture Harry to look like. I yes, that's my thing. Uh, yeah, I really liked him in the fifth one, though. I thought I did the like him in the fifth one. Was spectacular. I the fifth, the fifth is my favorite movie. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so, so are good. We, are we talking about you're like another tonight? Or are See, we yeah. Yeah. Well, we're right. promoting the OT, the Order of the Phoenix DVD release as well. That's all. <laughs> That's news. We're turning into news. <laughs> we're no one else out. We're just promoting it. It's kind of for us if we do a commentary on it. So we're like nobody staying on Harry Potter. Listen so, to the commentary. All right, I'm going to jump in for tonight's chapters of a year like none other by starting at the very ending. No, yeah. we can't, because Portis, I mean, Lumos. What? 
Well, we'll get to Lumos Lumos. in a minute. I have to tell you all, I think I guessed where the story is going. Oh, right. I want to know. But I'm not sure. And no (laughs) one can tell me if I'm wrong. Well, can we laugh at you if you're really wrong? If I'm really wrong. But, Jen, you can't give it away. Well, say anything. I'm going to do the silence thing. Jen, you gave it away last time. I did not. I, well, that I said I so... thought it was the death mark, and you're like, how does he do it? So that kind of implied to me I might be right. <laughs> Fine. Because right. we were just so... It just because happens. it was every week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's... Okay, what was this, this... Wait, before we do this, this is covering chapters this 59 is... through... 66. Okay, good. Okay, okay good. Now, good. I'm going to do this basically... I could say this in any number of ways, but I'm going to say it in the way that most annoys Lady Chi. I was watching an episode of Star Trek the other day. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> Everybody do a shot. The shot. episode was the ship had to fly through a nebula. And of course. A, and, 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 and of course, the crew, if they went through the nebula, they would all drop dead. And needed to go through the nebula. They didn't have time to take a shortcut. So they needed to find a way to go through the nebula without the crew dropping dead. So the doctor on the ship is an alien. So they said, okay, here's the, here's the plan. We're going to put the crew to sleep. And if they're put to sleep, for whatever reason, they won't die. You're going to fly the ship through the nebula, and then when we get to the other side, you're going to wake us all up. So the engineer gives them training on how to, you know, work the engines, and the, and the weapons guy gives them training on how to defend the ship in case there's aliens in there, and all everyone trains them. So, of course, during the episode, you know, he hears a loud noise, and he gets scared because he's all alone. So halfway through the story, he runs into one of the other cast members who's also an alien on the ship and says, I haven't seen you in a few days. Let's have dinner. I'm kind of lonely. You know, this is kind of weird with everyone, you know, not walking around the hallways. And of course, bad things happen and, the, you know, the ship gets lost and he, he starts hallucinating and it's terrible, terrible stuff. So he and the other person who were on the ship, you know, they, 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 they have to solve this crisis and the other person's coming apart. And finally, they get the ship through the nebula and they wake every, I hope no one hasn't seen this episode yet. If not, sorry. And they get through the thing and they, and they, and they go, by, so he and his friend, you know, who have gone through this disaster together, they walk around, they start waking up the crew. And he says, look, let me, you know, you helped me out a lot during this. You know, I'm glad you were here with me the whole time. Let me walk you back to your room. And he walks her back to her room. And as he walks into her room, he looks over and she's laying on her bed. And he looks back at her and she's gone. What happened was he hallucinated her the entire time. She was never there. It was like the sixth sense. So if you watch it again, you'll notice she never eats her food. She never helps him. She never touches any of the buttons on on the controls. She's a hallucination. And she only knows what he knows. So it was really clever. The reason I'm telling you this. It's like that angel episode yes and the reason i'm telling you this is because the 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 proof was right there it was in plain sight and if you looked for it you would have noticed why doesn't she remember how the engines work because she could have done that and the answer is of course because you know because he doesn't know how the engines work so if she's a figment of his imagination he won't she won't know how the engines work so there was there was clues there that if you look for it like in the sixth sense you would have seen that there was a mystery here Throughout these chapters, we're told that Harry has had a vision, and in this vision, he sees the Gryffindors in their common room, and he sees them talking about how Draco was thrown off of the Owlry, and, you know, the body was mutilated, and he's going to blame himself, and, you know, this is terrible, and Harry's brother has died, and all of this stuff has happened, and, and, you know, what have you. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves, well, is this this a true, you know, seer dream? And... 
have the perspective of being the audience. So we know reading this that either it's a seer dream or it's not. If it's a seer dream, then, you know, the, the question is, how is this going to be prevented? If it's not a seer dream, it's a pretty boring story because why are we... <laughs> you know, No, seriously. The, like, the story is, you know, Harry had a bad dream and as it turns out it meant absolutely nothing in the end. So we know there's going to be some truth to the, to the seer dream. Now, I don't see her killing Draco. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm, and I'm, and we get to the end chapters, and I'm reading the note from Pansy, and Pansy just, she's up to something. Pansy's trying to get him up there, and he, you know, he, he uses, uh, Petrificus Totalis on Harry, and he leaves. And I'm stuck at the end of these chapters saying, okay, and then it says there'll be character death in the next chapter. I'm like, she, like, she's gonna kill off Draco. Then I'm thinking, but she can't kill off Draco. What if that was never, the, the 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 thing. What if she hid something in plain sight? So I went back and I read over and read over and read over all of the scenes in that Gryffindor common room. Mm-hmm. And she never mentions Draco dying. She mentions that Draco went up to the Owlry. She mentions that Harry will blame himself. She mentions the body. She keeps mentioning the body. Never his body. The body. And there's all these references to the fact that no one can be thrown off the tower because you'd have to fit through, like, I think there's a reference, like, you'd have to fit through, like, a little window or something. There's no way you could get through there. And I'm thinking about this. And Now, this is where I think I know what happened, and I'm trying to figure out how. And I think my how is more ridiculous than than the what. I don't think that Draco dies. I think Draco kills Pansy, and Pansy's was the body. And I think something, Draco gets expelled, or he has to go back to Lucius, or he goes to Azkaban. Something happens to Draco. And and the gimmick was that we, as the readers, thought he would be the one who died. Now I don't know how that happens. The only thing I can think of, and this is this to me sounds somewhat ridiculous, is when he's um when he's shrinking everything to well he's not shrinking everything, but he's expanding Harry's trunk so that you know he can he can fit all of Harry's um you know possessions into Harry's trunk. I'm thinking somehow he does something to like shrink Pansy so she can fit through the damn window and throws her off the tower, off the owlery. That is my guess. That there's character death, there's a body, there's Draco and an Owlry. It's not what we suspect. I think it's misdirection. And that is my guess right now, although I'm probably... Okay, so you think that they're both going to be up there, but... Well, he, Draco- said that, he said they were going to the dungeons. So I do believe... Like, I, like, I totally believe that Draco thought he was going... To, to the dungeons. Somehow Draco will wind up in the Owlry. Now, I'm, I'm trying to think of how that's going to happen. First, I thought he was going to write the le- he was going to drop the letter off to his you know uncle, or I thought maybe he was going to write a letter back to his mother. And somehow he was the need to end up in the Owlry. So I don't know if. Well, here's the thing too. Draco thinks the idea of throwing, you know, being thrown off the Owlry is ridiculous because there's wards to prevent that. So I can't somehow think the Slytherins ambush Draco and drag him up to the top of the Owlry to throw him off. That's like Superman where they tie Lois Lane to the railroad tracks. It's not the <laughs> most brilliant idea you've ever had in the world. Just shoot her in the head. She'll be fine. So I somehow he ends up in the Owlry. He, he's either sending a letter to his mother or to his uncle. Something gets him up there and Pansy ends up up there. I think it's Pansy. And for, and then I'm thinking that and because here's the other thing that got me, and this is what was weird. It was it was um Parvati in the dream says that the professor was there. Something like, you know, they we're we're meant to believe at the time that they they threatened to kill 
uh, Draco and, and Snape the professor was there and, you know, that we should have known this would happen. I always thought it was weird that she said the professor. So then I'm thinking maybe it was a different class or maybe it was the one, maybe Draco made the threat. And I was actually before the podcast trying to find, I know there's a scene out there where Draco refers to um, threatening Pansy in some way. I, th- I can't find it, but I'm, that's my guess. My guess is that Draco, if I had to say it right now, Draco kills Pansy in some part. Like shoves her out the window. I don't know. But. Do you honestly think Draco of this story would kill Pansy though? <sighs> no, but I. There, there, well, no. Let me let me let me revise that. He would. I think he would kill someone to protect his family, and that's why I think the idea of like shrinking Pansy down, throwing her out the window, is stupid. I think that. Like, like I'm trying to picture. <laughs> I'm trying to picture a way Pansy can fall out of a freaking window. Like I don't know how that would happen, but I do think that Draco does something. You know, impulsively. And I think he does it to protect his family, to protect Snape, to protect Harry. I'm not going to say anything, but I think the key here is in Ron and Hermione's conversation. Did you read their conversation in the dream? Carefully? Their conversation was that Harry will blame himself. It was sodding now. No, no, no. It is, um, yeah, it's where they talk about the closed casket because the body is such a mess. Yeah. Which could be Pansy. Or someone else. And it could, and, um, I'm trying to st- think where the exact he is a, thing. Uh, now I'm thinking somehow he throws Dumbledore off the tower, but that's way too. <laughs> uh, Serves him right. Oh, no. God. <laughs> so that's, that's my guess right now. It's the dumbest guess ever, but I, I'm pretty sure that Drake, it's the, it's the, it's a it's very wimpy guess. I mean, I don't drink. It's not die. a wimpy guess. Well, no, it's, I'm because guessing that the, to. I'm guessing that the hero doesn't die, which is like, you know, like, it's like, guess- the hero is Harry. Yeah. Well, Draco, I see is kind of a good guy at this point. So I, I just don't think Draco's, well, like the third, the sequel, the, the sequel is brother and brothers in arms. I don't think Draco is going to die, you know, now. But at the end of 66, you see what happens. Like, Draco obviously is not being good. I mean, right? We read 66, right? Yes, we've read 66, but Harry, well, like, Harry shoots his potions professor in the third book, and, like, I love the um, the unintended uh, similarities between Chapter 66 and Half-Blood Prince. If you think about it in Half-Blood Prince, Draco, um, Petrificus, Totalis is Harry, and like stomps on his nose and breaks his nose and leaves him like for dead in the hard door <laughs> express. And this one, he does it to Halle, Harry and he so gently lowers him to the ground and promises he'll come back for him later. Yeah. And we'll play checkers yeah. later today. <laughs> it's like, okay, the road not travel. <laughs> like, it's just like not saying anything. I just thought it was an interesting, like, like if it was the same thing, look how far this character has come from the canon one. But that is my, that is my guess. Well, now. I just think it's, I think it's important to realize that, the reason Draco is staying with Severus, if we remember, is out of the protective area, people can Lucy's find him. Get him. Yeah. Right. And uh, oh, so he's you just willingly... Okay. No, I haven't given you anything. Just, I'm just saying... Well, I'm picturing he throws Lucius off the off the hour. <laughs> I'm just saying you have no idea what to expect, but I like your... Is that your... your way of saying I'm a dumbass? <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> no. Yes. It, do you think I'm being... No, I don't think no. I'm anything. No, you're I not giving anything. Good. I'm being good. So I think it's really interesting. Like I love hearing where Ryan is and what he thinks is going to happen. And 
I, I am excited for him to find out if he's close to right or if he's wrong or what will happen. That means I'm completely wrong. Um, Meg, little Jen, <laughs> I didn't what do you think? Say that. Little Jen. You are. You're like a carbon <laughs> so copy, but funny. smaller. All right, now, now you're now you're for the first time you're with us. You're on the same chapters. You don't know what's coming. Actually, that's um not true. You told me that ago. <laughs> yeah, Have you been reading. I thought it was, and then as you were talking, I realized that I have read more. All right, That's let me ask you this: at, at this point in the story, did you have any guesses as to what would come? Yes, I did. Now, were your guesses that Draco would turn Pansy very small and throw her out the window? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they weren't. But I. Like you did not think it was Draco that died in that vision. Okay. Yeah. But you know, the one thing that does come up that I didn't expect has to do with something that we know Draco has been wearing the whole time. And that's all I'll say. Draco has been wearing the whole time. I know. I know. It was a gift. Oh, um, oh, the, um, the, the amulet that Harry gives him. I will just say. That it's something when I read it, I had completely forgotten about that. Well, so thanks. don't forget about it. <laughs> Jen reminds us all now. She's like, don't forget he's wearing an ambulance. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, it's just yeah. something like I forget. I had forgotten about that as well. Yeah. I and then it, it was one of those, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, what do you okay. think? I'm putting she in the spot. He really the has no idea. Uh, I don't know. I don't think about fix in that way. I mostly just, I, I analyze it like the way that a writer would, but I don't. Analyze it the way that a reader would. I don't. Think. I do want to. I do want to put on that. I think it's really fun that Aspen puts in these dream sequences, and mm-hmm. a lot of them, like, and you don't know which parts of them are true and which parts of them are misleading you to think something else when it's really something else. And I just think it's really brilliant how she comes around to a completely different thing, and it's totally acceptable. And still, you're going, "Wow, I didn't think about that at all." It's, yeah, you like, know. It's a good tool to use as a writer. Like I've used dreams before. Like discovering Lily is all about dreams. So oh, like, yeah. it's, it's a it's a if fun. Only it had more Remus. I'm sorry. God. <sighs> Next chapter. I swear to God, he's showing up. Yay. But um, because really? Lizzie Lizzie pounced on me. What? Oh, guess not. What? What about sex? I huh? want and Lily to have sex. No, they spread <laughs> out a lot. God. With what? that, like, tortured, we can't. James is here. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Jen. <laughs> you and the angst. Wow. I, I have a problem. <laughs> With that tortured. The no, angst. James is nearby. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Seriously, I was going through my recommendations list, and I was, like, trying to put more recommendations down. And I was, like, looking, and I was, like, every single fic that I have, like, on my favorites is, like, Harry was abused for 13 years and like, and it's like him and like growing at like, there was one I read and it was like, he'd been abused so severely. It's about like Kent, like he had like reverted to like a seven year old and like his, his mind was so screwed up. He was like a crazy person. He had like two mentalities and like, I was fascinated and like, there's one that like Hermione's parents die and like, she becomes an angel and like, I was like, okay, <laughs> None of these are good to recommend because I'm embarrassed because all I read is like the worst of dark angst fix. Seriously. The first step is admitting you have a problem. It is. I know. I, when I said I don't read fluff, evidently I didn't mean that I just read normal stories. Like I read like, and he was cutting himself in the bathroom and like. <laughs> 
I'm like, you know, the funniest thing is about this is that you are such a positive, fun. I, I know, but you're reading the you're darkest. Reading this, like, like Harry finally got his life together, but he didn't see the car coming. Like it's like, come <laughs> on, my God. Well, no, I can't read those. Like it has to have like a healing in it. But yeah, I know. I think that's where it goes. All of my angst and negativity goes and like I ball through these I'll like read these fix and I'll be like <laughs> and like <laughs> and um seriously. It's it's I read things and they're absolutely not appropriate to recommend to anyone, I don't think. Okay, when we do hosts recommend, we're gonna have each of the CFW hosts are gonna recommend three fix and then we're gonna let the members vote and whatever they vote for we're gonna cover on the show. I swear to god Jens is gonna be like death. Death the sequel. I know I know. Death is worse than death. To me, death is easy. I mean the ones that I read, I mean it's like Torture, and then more torture, and then maybe some rape, and then some more torture. <laughs> like it's awful. I am very it's like so weird. frightened right now. I know. Back to a year yeah, like none I, other. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Which you have an sorry. hour and a half to cover. Just um, wait till you get that slash angst, man. That is some serious <sighs> stuff. Dark. Oh my goodness. Okay. I, know. Keep, I swear to God, my like, one expression on Perfect Weekly is. Ugh. Oh my. Who knows how often I make that in an episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I made everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> no, 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 no you didn't. That, like, I was just thinking that, like your um, <laughs> your thing about like all your angst goes to your fix is like my all my angst goes to my writing. So yeah. I I can totally sympathize. Like if I <laughs> if I'm in a writer's block, then my then my depression is so much worse. <laughs> like. Yeah. Anyway, that was probably too much information. But anyway, um, I think it's a good thing. I think it is too. Writing is um. Oh, what's the word? Not medicinal, but (laughs) Jen's only expression is it's medicinal. (laughs) I know. Everything is medicinal. It's therapeutic. That's why I read the fan fiction. It's therapeutic, especially with that angst slash man. I really let myself go with those. (laughs) Where the hell were we? Oh, yeah. Um, dreams. Dreams. The dreams. I never that- knew before I read one of your recommendations, and I was like, oh, my, what is going on? I, I was, like, traumatized for life. Gina, how are you doing? Jump into one of Jen's, like, Snape Hermione recommendations. Never, like, I've never first. read a Snape Hermione fic, ever. Uh-huh. You're missing hey, out. Hey, Tina. I- yeah. What did you think of it? You're like, no, no, they <laughs> I was going to say, though, with the dreams, it is neat the way she uses it as a tool. Because when Harry first has the dreams and then they start coming true, the next time it happens, you expect it to come true. And then as they go on, you're looking for, okay, what part is real and what part isn't? And what, like you did, Ryan, looking back and saying, okay, what didn't she say? Because that's the clue. She's tricky. I swear to God, she's doing this on purpose. She's tricky. Well, and I really she's, like because she gets you thinking, and I really I appreciate that. You know, she's not like this is this and this is this. You're really going, hmm. I wonder. Oh, yeah, Jen, I'm sorry, except for you, she. I'm sorry, Jen. You <laughs> except were, for me, yeah. Jen, I'm sorry. Well, I think that if I spent like less than half of my life being medicated, I probably would. <laughs> Am I breathing? No, I'm sorry, Jen. It's like we're hearing like this noise over and over again on the feed. I don't know who's doing it, but someone's like moving. Is it that I'm moving? I was calamining my lo- my legs again. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? You should see 
I've been run over by a lawnmower. <laughs> I don't think we love the explanation in the podcast as to why you have that problem. So it's like, like I have elephantitis on my legs and arms. Masses, like hives that look like small tumors. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I know. It's awful. Really. Uh, Sounds awful. Now that we've talked about the calamining of Jen's legs. Um, Let's talk about Lumos and the sheep. Oh, I thought you meant the... the Let's the, talk about Lumos. Yes, right. please. This because is sheep. I always chapter. like sheep in a story. <laughs> Can I tell you, I have never laughed that loud while driving a car on Route 395 <laughs> really? northbound. It's the line where it's like... Oh, what is? I need to know the exact line here. The sheep, I think, was the funniest part of the story by far so yeah, far yeah. and it's probably one of the funniest fan fiction moments i may have ever read and i haven't read shoebox yet i hear that's pretty funny but that oh man but, but, oh my like, god i can't i can't wait to read that but i can't even it, it just okay i'm looking for this freaking thing here what was it seriously you guys that's the best moment in shoebox it was when they're all high <laughs> no <laughs> it's the sex talk topic. The sex no, talk is pretty good. Okay, I've say. got the line. I've got the line. Everyone get ready. All right. Here's the line. This is what I, this is got to be one of the, one of the best moments. Jen, please stop calamining your legs so I can say it. I've stopped. Okay. okay. It was, well, he got what he asked for, he supposed. Exactly what he asked for. Magnified as all his spells seem to be now. Instead of a neatly repaired pillow, what he got was one bleeding sheep and no less than five honking geese. <laughs> One of the birds lumbered awkwardly onto his bed and looked to be settling in. The sheep began to graze on Draco's bed hangings. <laughs> like, what? Like, can you just picture Harry, like, this is not going to get better. <laughs> I have so many problems. Like, that would be the moment where I would have, like, what I call as Jen's I'm homeless moments. Like, I would just sit down and be like, this is ridiculous. My parents got killed when I was very young. I delivered people who hated me. The Dark Lord tried to kill me seven freaking years in a row. I guess at this point, six. You know, I got my eyes poked out. I lost my magic. I got dragged from under house rubble. I was, like, crucified. I'm living with severance. Snape, Jen's calamine your legs again, and now I got a bleeding sheep on my bed, and the geese are eating. No, the geese. Did I get that reverse? The geese is on the bed, and the sheep is eating. I'm so upset. <laughs> so upset. Like, and then he stomps his foot at the end like a two-year-old. Then he cooks, kicks the edge of the bed, and he like busts his toe, and he's bouncing around, screaming in agonizing pain. No, and then he's like crying, Snape. and he goes. <gasps> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and you can picture the door blast open and Snape comes in and he's like, what is going on here? I know, he's all mad. I told you not to do magic. Who wanted sheeps in my room? I mean, Harry has totally screwed up Snape's house. I mean, he's, he's the worst his walls and his books and now he's getting like livestock. <laughs> <laughs> and Snape is like the most passive person about it all. Well, no, like yeah. if you actually think of it, Harry is like okay. Now here's the thing: if you're in a if you're adopting someone, normally people want to adopt young babies so they can raise the child, you know, from as close to birth as they can. Sometimes, you know, in in many cases, you know, very you know fortunate, you know, older children are able to be adopted. 
And usually, you know, you, you, you hope you, you have some issues there because, you know, the children obviously know they're adopted and they know they're coming from a different place. So you can, you can imagine there'd be some, you know, issues between the, now you're adopting a 16 year old who's an orphan, obviously, who's been tortured, abused. Who has the mentality of not a 16 year old. Yeah. He, he's like the most wanted man in the world. You know, he's. And famous. Yes. He's the most famous, you know, like just like you've hated him, you've you've ha- you've personally tortured the kid. You know, like there is no like like go down. The, this is like the wor- now you you're invited into into Snape's home, and within a three month period, you literally you torch the place, and mm-hmm. now you basically you know turn your you know your pillow casings into livestock. That wasn't as funny as I thought it would be with that tremendous amount of buildup, but that's where I was going there. <laughs> Good it, it was like, good. Like, around going, what is that mysterious bleeding noise? <laughs> 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 kind of looking down his nose, like. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Kind of catchy, though. <laughs> I, I do that too, but I night. I imagine Alan Rickman. Like, Dumbledore! <laughs> Did everyone see the picture of me wearing Dumbledore's fez in the forum? Yes! <sighs> fez? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? You say you say fez, and I think that seventies show. Which <laughs> what is yeah. fez? I, it's like old Dumbledore's hat. It's a hat. It's a hat that they wear them. Where uh, somewhere in the um, I don't know where do they wear those. Not the Congo. Um, <laughs> I love Chan says the Congo. She's like the Congo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the calamine lotion talking. Everybody, please continue with the podcast. <laughs> you're so Huggles. Yeah, you're Huggles. Not Huggles. <laughs> There's that noise again. Uh, I'm gonna hear this episode because I'm gonna find out what the hell Huggles came from. We're not telling her. We're not telling her. It's gonna come out soon enough. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> you don't for- Okay, well, that's good. That's good. I know. Maybe, I don't. Maybe I just missed name- the episode. Our- <laughs> The name stuck, and I don't know where it came from. That we're Huffles, gonna we're gonna leave Jen Huffles off with that. The Hufflepuff. <sighs> I love how Meg talks to me like I'm her kid. It's an easy. Hugger the Hufflepuff. Like oh. I'm older than you. <laughs> I'm so much. I sorry. <laughs> this podcast has come so far in such a short. But you know, time. it's because we've all heard Danielle's little voice. Um, hello, audience of Potterfic Weekly, also known as Puffwa. That's yes. not her real voice. Yeah, I just need to repeat that. That's not Well, I voice. imagine, like, y'all on a date and her going, where are you? Oh, that, no, 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 no. Usually it's dumbass past the soda. <laughs> All right, so a year bad. like not another. We got an hour and 20 minutes left. Yes. Do like okay, I want to talk about, well, we just talked about what I want to talk about. Somebody else go. Did we talk about the Lumos? All I said was he torched Harry's oh, room. Yeah, let's talk about Lumos. So... I really thought it was neat that he can't use his magic, he can't use his magic, and suddenly... He blows up the entire side of the school. (laughs) I was going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And Ron decided not to be a jerk anymore. Yay! Yay! Yay, Ron! I love Ron in these chapters. And the same when, like, Ron is telling Harry that Snape sang to him. Yeah. And it's so funny. I do like, though, I that, um, you know, I just, I like this whole chapter, and I can't begin to tell you why. I just think it's uh, it's awesome that he's, like, 
you know, he's just trying to explain to Sal's his snake. And by the way, I love the way that she writes parcel tongue out because there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And I can't explain to you what the right way is, but I recognize the wrong way when I see it. <laughs> is, that, is that like you know like annoying. a two-year-old trying to type in the keyboard and it just comes out all like you know there's a pattern well no i think like i've seen and it's like like everything is like 14 s's and like yeah Ugh. but like yeah. this way is not annoying at all like sal's doesn't annoy me at all which is amazing because the snake in a psychic serpent her name was sally i think sandy, sandy. <laughs> sally sandy, the snake. Yeah. <laughs> Totally annoy the crap out of me every time she was around. But like this snake, uh, I love how we're talking about. You know what? If that snake was around, I wouldn't hang out with her. <laughs> Didn't like Sally. Yeah. I love. I love this ending chapter. Though, the ending line to this chapter. Harry's last thought before he lost consciousness was that his father would be proud. He had done a Lumos, even though it had killed him. <laughs> well, that, that was the line. He's like, I'm going to do this if it kills me. Line? Yeah. Yeah. He's saying, I'm. Yeah. I'm gonna he do was this going even to do if it kills me. Now, I'm trying to picture what the... The only right. thing I can possibly picture... Did anyone see the Seinfeld episode where Kramer bought the uh, the, 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 the new um, shower faucet? Not the faucet. The um, the overhead for a shower. The new... What's the word I'm looking for? It's the most common word in the English language. The, um, the shower... Um, the, Ed. Yes. Ed. <laughs> Thank you. Like my ginormous head. Thank you, Lady Chi. So he needs to buy the new shower head, and he buys the one that they use on horses at the circus, and he turns it on and it blows him across the room. And like, I'm picturing, like, you know, ha- like, like turning on a garden hose, like, massively forced, and you're trying to hold on to the thing that's shooting, like, it's like taking out the neighbor's house, and like, four people are trying to help you stabilize it, and you, like, you're getting lifted off the ground. I'm picturing Harry with, like, this massive, essentially, like, a blowtorch, and he's bouncing around, and he can't turn it off, and he almost shoots Draco, like, six times, and he, like, like, he probably blows up, like, every plate in the kitchen, and he, like, I I don't even know how I'm picturing it, and I know this isn't how it was written, but this is how I started. I'm just picturing him, like, you know, like, there's, like, a right way to do it and a wrong way, like, the right way is, like, you know, confined it to one area, you know, and try and limit the damage until you can stop it. I'm picturing Harry literally, like, taking out every single one of Snape's things. (laughs) I feel bad for all the books. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine, like, if somebody came in and ruined my book collection, and there are books all over my apartment, I would just absolutely cry. (laughs) I'd I'd break down. And, like, he was like, I'll replace him, but, like, seriously, how many of those are, like, one of a kind? Or First, out of they like, probably were like, hey, yeah. you adopt Harry Potter, you get what you get. You get, <laughs> you get your Can you picture if Hogwarts had this annoying school secretary who's like, Professor Snape, yes, um, your son is blowing up your quarters. I'll be right down. <laughs> like, you just picture, like, picture these Hufflepuffs in class. Like, like, Dad, my snake's missing. Dad, I blew up the corners. Dad, there's a house elf at the door. We're scared. Dad, Draco's trying. Like, they must be like, Jesus Christ, get like a freaking nanny to watch these kids. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> I know. Every time Snape leaves, they're like, Hmm. What can we what do? Can we what do, can we do, now? do? <laughs> Professor Snape, your son's missing. He like goes flying out of the ass first out the flu. Like, it's just, like this boy. Like I'm picturing him like the guy who adopts the kid, and he thinks everything will be fine. No, I'm picturing him like Richard Dreyfus from What About Bob. He's completely calm, yeah. cool, and collected in the beginning, <laughs> and by the end, he's in a wheelchair drooling. <laughs> like, just, like, Harry's ruined. Shaking back life. and forth. Aww. Yeah. 
I'm marrying your sister. Like, I'm just, like, it's just like I'm picturing him completely ruining this poor man's life. Okay, let me just show you how far I've come in this story. I started off hating Snape, and now I'm like, that poor man. I'm an alertical baby, full circle. How the hell did I do that? Well, no, I mean, we were talking. Let me just even say one other thing um, before we go deeply into the limos. One thing, um, like, here's the thing: when when anyone starts th- starts this series, they look at it and they go, "Oh my god, ninety six chapters!" And the first thing that you think of when you think ninety six chapters is either this is the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> or the author doesn't know when to quit. And in fairness, I have read at least one other fic where I got, I think I got like six or seven chapters into it, and I had to stop. I, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I think at the time the fic was on, it was a it was a uh, work in progress. It was on like chapter 46 or 47. And I think it went like well into the 80s. And I read some of the comments of the later chapters, and one person was even like, dude, like, you know, you ever think of just writing a sequel? Like, you don't have to put everything in one story. And my first thought was, I wonder if this story will be like that, because I hadn't read it yet. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And I definitely don't think that's the case. I mean, you know, there there are times in the story where I felt like, you know, characterization was rushed even. And there's times where I think it progressed at just the right pace. Um, I think that in in, like, the second part of the story, I think, like, everything really from, like, I'm trying to think of a good cutoff point. I think when Harry and Draco, like maybe like the the scene when like when you know the, the when you know the thing with Ron really heats up and Ron starts coming to detention from like that point until probably around the beginning of these chapters, I felt like the story kind of the action stopped, kind of ground to a halt, and it became only characterization for a point forward. And on some level, that's very good. I think that's that, that helps develop the characters. And I think I, if not for that, I wouldn't like Draco as much as I do. And I wouldn't, you know, maybe believe in, in Ron. Like, we're talking about how Ron is calm, cool, and collected here. And I think that's, you know, as a result of she literally walked us from A to B to C to D and showed us that entire transformation. But I do think, that, you know, there's a tendency to, you know, you're sitting so long, you're just waiting for something to happen. And I think, you know, if on some level you look at that as a bad thing, which, you know, is kind of debatable, in these chapters, I think it actually worked well. Because, you know, when there's the bang, bang, bang in the door from from Dubby, which I love saying, <laughs> you know, it's like 43 chapters since anything, you know, really active happened in the story. So you're like, <gasps> there's someone at the door. Because it's like we forgot there was a door because it's been all very quiet character moments, you know, for better or for worse. You know, we had like the, the child custody battle and we had, you know, the, the 10,000 lines and so forth. So I actually was very, like my heart like beat a little bit when I read that because I'm like, <gasps> something's going to happen now. It's like the false end. <laughs> so I, I thought like that that is one thing I actually thought. I thought it was like, it was so quiet for so, it's like if you're in a very quiet room and all of a sudden, you know, like there's like the phone rings and you jump and you like wet yourself. It was kind of like that for me. Well, at the or, same you know, time, to make a good story, I mean, it's got to go up and down. And to really go up, you've got to have a real big down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was, was no, that, obviously that, not. Yeah, was that your way of saying that, that um, Hansy is going to be miniaturized and thrown off the owlery? I actually, I, I like your theory, and I think Aspen is going to like it, too. Um, if she steals that from me, I want her to put me in the little author's note, like, Ryan came up with this idea. I was going to do something so much better, but I, I'm doing it for Ryan. 
We all love the idea of a miniature pansy flying off the gallery. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to write a fix someday. Like, why a miniature one? I can't. Because they why? said that, like, she could There was a I line. Love miniatures. There was a line that Draco said. I think I'm making I'm thinking, like, pansy the gnome. No. <laughs> With a little red hat. Am yeah. I going to die? <laughs> But, and the little Elmo scream. <laughs> <laughs> Small children are crying. Idiot. This is so much. Like at least it was plausible that like Snape would kill Vernon, but come on. But I but I don't but know. But he didn't. He no, didn't. there was a reference I thought to like you know that yeah. no one could. Okay. Like, like, oh, I think makes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. You said. Wait, okay. Do you know she talks to us like she talks to her kids? I know. I thought babies had come up. Nope, that thing. All of a sudden, there was just. It was like. <laughs> Can I just say one other thing too, and this is my last comment in the entire podcast. When Snape says that, yeah, that right. house yeah, elves, right. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave Stop. after this. Before I leave, everybody, I just have to say this: when Snape says that house elves don't have offensive magic, all I can picture is Lucius Malfoy going, "Oh, hold on a second. My mother has walked into my room here to bring me a necktie. Thank you, Mark. That was helpful. A necktie? She, apparently, I've left a necktie somewhere in the house. Enjoy your night. And I love that he calls it a necktie. What is a necktie? What's a necktie? It's a tie I wear around my neck. You wear ties? I wear ties sometimes. Oh my gosh, I'm he's a very a tie important person. person, everybody. Do you wear a jacket too, like a sports coat? Well, I wear a suit. I wear a suit <laughs> coat, yeah. Wow, he's one of those guys. Wasn't that, suit what, coat. What, what's just happened to <laughs> She's in awe. Oh, <laughs> I was just more surprised that he called it a necktie. I know. I've never heard that except from, like, my fashionable grandpa. Necktie? Because, yeah, I've seen people wear it. They just call it a tie. Well, I say shirt and tie, but if there's a necktie involved, if it's just a tie, I call it a necktie. Well, how would you be just wearing a necktie without a shirt? Well, no, like, if you use the phrase shirt, I'm I'm sure I'd be wearing underwear, too, but I don't need to spell it out for you. I mean, there's some things that you can just assume. I do not be wearing the necktie there, Meg. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I forgot about those ways. I don't know how I did, but I did. (laughs) I'm so glad we're an explicit podcast. Do y'all want to know what my thought is? Ryan, did you finish your thought? My thought... Okay, let me say... My thought was that I can't believe that Snape thinks that house elves don't have offensive magic if Dobby completely knocked Lucius Malfoy on his ass in Chamber of Secrets. Meg, what is your thought? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Jen. I keep confusing your names. Jen, what was your thought? We're not going to ask Jen what she's Jen's like Hermione bouncing with her hand in the air, and I'm like looking at the kid who's like picking her nose in the corner. What do you think? Um, actually, I was going to move us to chapter 60. I don't know what that is. Please go. Where Harry wakes up. And I thought it was a little rude of Snape, actually. And this is so funny because I don't criticize the writing. I criticize the character. Um, (laughs) When Harry wakes up and he's like, when is your birthday? And Snape is like, what? And he's like, your birthday. He's like whispering, when is it? And like Snape sneers at him. Are you delirious? 
And I'm like, that's not very caring. I would have been like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. And he's yeah. all snarky. Well, here's the thing. Harry used, he, Harry used magic and literally blew up Snape's house. And he stays <laughs> and up all night thinking Snape is good. Yeah, so Snape, you know, they, they spoon all night. And then Harry, oh, no. Harry eventually... <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't mean in a bad way, not like in a Ron thinks way. I'm just... <laughs> It's a perfectly it wonderful world. medicinal. Word. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. All right. It's you it's know it's what I mean, Aspen. No, everyone knows what I mean, but you. before the podcast. It's medicinal. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, a lot of people think this is a slash fake, and it's not. No slash. Okay. No slashy. We, we, that's incestual in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we that's, know. That's the next fake that we're doing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Okay, sorry. They're playing here all week, folks. But no, like he does the whole thing, and then like, okay, picture like you know you you stay up all night with this person, you know who you think is going to die, like the like you know Pansy the Garden Gnome going flying off the alloy, and all of a sudden he wakes up. When's your birthday? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? He has a concussion. Not really, That's though. Hilarious. And yeah, then we find out that we missed his birthday. But I can I just say how excited I am that Snape's birthday is in January. Because well, that's when my birthday is in June. So is mine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. like half the Puffwinians are in January. And my birthday is January 7th, the day of perfection. <laughs> like biblically. The day of perfection. Meg's <laughs> wedding day. anniversary is July 31st. Yeah, it's true. It's Harry Potter's birthday. Yeah, I know. know In case no one figured it out, because apparently it was like silence. My wedding anniversary is on Daniel Radcliffe's birthday. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Tina, how are you? Okay, stellar. Good. Me too. We're ready for your cake, Ryan. Okay. I was just going to say so Daniel Radcliffe was born the day you got married. (laughs) Well. Let's no. say what everyone was thinking. Jen had sex on the night that Daniel Radcliffe was, you know, patrolling. <laughs> no, no. Clarify. Although I am quite a bit older, I'm not that much older. What am I? I'm like five years older. Jen's she trying to figure out if it's legal. Boy, he's legal. I know that. He's like a year younger than me. Oh, so. that's so sad. That's way too young. I know, but he, I can still dream. Hmm. Why? Why would you I dream about Rupert Grant. Do you really? I do. Actually, I have a really funny story about that, but I don't think I should say it on the podcast. <laughs> You'll have to tell us later in the restricted section. Yeah. Save it for Thanksgiving. You know why. Okay. Yes. Now, back to a year. Yes, a year like none other, which is the thing that we're supposed to be discussing right now. We are trying so hard, yes, and we are trying so hard. We're having long days. All right. I really liked that everything is going okay, and suddenly, I'm glad, like, I really like how she rushes us back to, oh, yeah, Voldemort can get in Harry's mind, only now it's yeah. 20 times worse. And I like, yes. I really liked how she described well, like, like, I could fire. actually picture what was happening. It's like the fire comes out of this. It's like you could see Voldemort's, like, like, he's bleeding out of the scar, and you can actually see Voldemort's, literally, I don't know how else to put it, his pissed off face. 
in the, know, in the flames, in the flames coming out of the scar. Like, that's new. The fact that, you know, if you're too close to Harry, you'll get burned. Like, that's usually just been a metaphor. Now, actually, is apparently... Like, Harry apparently now is, like, fire-inducing. I don't know. He Harry is very flammable. Yes. <laughs> Why is everyone laughing at me all of a sudden? Is that, are you typing about me? <laughs> uh. Okay, I just have to explain this to anyone who's laughing right now. Against my rules for broadcasting, they have been engaged in a legal text conversation. Talking about Dan Radcliffe. And I'm not going to go into any further, but they're all giggling, and I won't even know why. Jen is dangerous. You have a hole in your colon. But... I know. At least I'm losing weight. Okay. Oh, God. You and, I'll be ni- and I'll be nice to Tina right now and not say what her contribution to the conversation was. <laughs> Although Melinda would be very disappointed in you, Tina. Oh. <laughs> Well, you said uh, Harry was flammable. <laughs> <laughs> I just took that to a new level. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Now, okay. okay. Um. All right. Now, let's go. I like the occluding scene. I like that Harry. I mean, that Snape is like like they're going from like to me. It was kind of relaxed, and and he was kind of getting in trouble. Um, and Snape's delivering the kind of went to teacher student mode. What did I just say? Teacher, teacher student, (laughs) teacher student mode. And then, of course, Snape says the hush idiot child and everything is like, oh, sigh. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, dun, 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 Voldemort attacks Harry's mind. And I know exactly. Oh, my God. I watched that movie the other day. I have lots to say. Anyway. um, And. He screams, and Snape is like, "Occlude your name, oh sweet Merlin above, occlude your mind." And um, seriously, I was at the edge of my seat. It's such a good, and then it bled, which I thought was really gross. Oh yeah, so did I. <laughs> but I liked you guys the imagery. Have, like, way too visual imaginations. Like seriously, <laughs> the other day I told Ryan and Meg that I had coughed so hard that I thought like a piece of my lung had come up, and they were like. Oh, God, Kate, don't ever say that again, G. Oh, that's so gross. And I'm like, why? They're Did like, I say that? Got a visual. Yeah, I think it was you, too. You're like, that's gross. <laughs> What's gross about it? I guess if you get it's, a visual. You're talking thing. about coughing up a lung. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. Well, it's not yeah. as bad as what was on the last one, so I can't complain. What? Uh, not oh, going yeah, 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 never mind. We're talking about the episode that's showing up again. Thanks a lot, Jen. <laughs> Which now, Jen, just reminded everyone. I have been mentally disturbed forever from that conversation. I can't get rid of it. You guys, so seriously, you need to take no, more human development classes. And then Can I just no, please point out something? We're talking about day. a fic where Harry is crucified and his eyes are poked out. Like, that's yeah. okay. It doesn't but compare. She coughs a little hard and we're all like, ew. She told us she was coughing up fleshy bits of lung. Okay, that's enough. Back to a year like none other. This episode's going to be 12 minutes if we edit all this stuff out. All right. Okay, okay. okay. So I really like how Ron um, tries to apologize. Yes. And Snape, for the first time, doesn't make it out. And he just says, that's enough. Your apology is accepted. Aww. I think the apology on, on Ron's part here, it actually... 
for Ron, it makes sense. Usually with Ron, in most fics, what you see is Ron is such an ass that usually Ginny gets in his face and screams at him so much that he gets so scared that he finally backs down. And this is actually one of the only fics I've ever read. Ron realizes he was wrong, you know, on his own because he sees Snape being a father to Harry and he, he gets it and he realizes that he was wrong and he apologizes for it. And obviously he's, you know, he's, he's kind of guided on the way. He doesn't do it completely by himself, but it's one of the few times I've seen Ron actually behave like a human being, which, you know, is helpful for me because I usually have a great deal of difficulty with stubborn Ron and he's usually stubborn wrong for a very long time. And, I'll put you this way. Like I said before, you know, that this is a fic that really took its time getting from A to B. And for a fic to have Ron be the sensible one and for Hermione to be the hot-blooded one and for me to believe in it, that you've got your work set up for you if you're going to do that. So for me, I really really didn't have a problem. Um, One thing I want to get into is let's talk about Hermione and calling in wizard family services. I, I totally can understand it. And at the same time, I'm furious with her. Well, she's stubborn Hermione. Like, this is the role that Ron usually plays. Like, Ron wouldn't, you know, call the government, but Ron would do the stubborn, stupid, pig thing. Well, I just would like from the books have done this. Well, yeah, yeah, Hermione would have done that. If she was from the books, I can see it totally justified. But, you know, we've grown along with Harry here, and she... Exactly, and nobody's willing to tell her anything either. So I really think it was partially their fault. They should yeah. have said something. You really have to be honest with Hermione. Otherwise, she's going to see right through you. And she's too intelligent for you to cover things up with half-truths and lies and stuff like that. I mean, that's the thing. And when Hermione finds out exactly what was on, was going on with Harry and when she figures out that Harry can do magic, she pieces together the entire plot in 10 seconds. And that's Hermione. I mean, Hermione is brilliant. Hermione can figure out evidence. Hermione like even in the canon becomes essentially a lawyer. I mean, she can, she's good with facts. She's good with numbers. She's good with, you know, tangible facts that she can do things with. She's not really good with emotions. She, she uses, she's, she kind of reminds me of Jerry Stiller a little bit emotional wise. Like she uses her indoor voice a little bit too loudly. And like, that's, that is, No, is she, no, did you ever see the one where that were on King of Queens? They went to the grocery store and he was screaming and they looked at him and he's like indoor voice time. And they're like, yeah, it's like that. Like her mind, like she, you know, is either too clingy or she is too protective or she is too studious. Like she's, Hermione's an extreme character. And, and this fic is interesting because really she is stubborn. Like she is Ron stubborn in this. Is that she? Well, I don't know. I, 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 I thought she was Hermione very momish. I thought Hermione yeah. has always been very Ron stubborn. Yes. They can both be very pig-headed and stubborn about something and be refusing to listen to reason on it. So I thought in that way, Hermione was very canon. Oh, she's very canon. I actually love it. And what, here's the thing. Go back to, you know, like, listen back to the early episodes on, on this fic. I was concerned that Harry would be either betrayed by Ron and Hermione or they would be written out or, you know, they would get into a huge fight and never speak again. They're central characters in this, which pleases me greatly. And that you, you know, you had to take them out of the story for a while, but now you have a fic where, where Harry was adopted by Snape as Draco Malfoy's brother and yet Ron and Hermione are in his life and, you know, reasonably, 
you know, effective in there. You know, there's still that trio-ness, even though now Draco is kind of like, you know, he's in there too and, and the family dynamics in there too. So she, she convinced me by this point, she has convinced me that she could take me from the end of Order of the Phoenix and get me to that point. It took her 66 chapters, but I'm there and I believe in it. But that, like, that does feel like Hermione. And it's one of the situations where I couldn't blame Hermione, even though I was infuriated at her. Because it's like one of those things where if you know something and you have a friend who's being stubborn and just doesn't want to believe it and doesn't want to acknowledge it and doesn't want to hear reason, it infuriates you. Like, that happens to me all the time. I have a really short fuse with people like that. So I could tell why, why Harry absolutely wanted to strangle Hermione. But when Hermione at the end says, look, Harry, you were being, you know, co- you, you, you were, you were cowering near Draco Malfoy. And with everything else I was thinking, you know, he would tell you to shut up and you would do it. And I was fearing for your safety. Like that made sense. Like, like when you put it that way, who wouldn't call someone for help? Now right. she could have gone to Dumbledore. She could have gone to McGonagall. You know, McGonagall anybody. Yeah. I mean, she could have yeah. gone to, you know, she could have gone to Dobby, you know, would have probably been more helpful than what she did. But, <laughs> like, I, could you imagine She's Do- Hermione, you know, and she's a muggle. And, like, what do you do if you think somebody is being abused? You call the, yeah, you report, so you report it to the SRS or to whatever they call it in the this series, the, the Wizarding Wizard and Family something. Wizard and Family Services. Yeah, WFS life. So that makes sense to me. That would be something that you would be told growing up. Now, I, the, the one question I have for you guys, then I'll turn it over to you guys. Like, what do you think about, okay, like like Jen was saying earlier, Jen reads the, the fix where Harry is suicidal, where Harry is depressed, where Harry was recently run over by a car, where Harry has cancer, <laughs> um, where Harry's hair has, you know, gone slack and no longer has, you know, its own dynamic to it. She's read the fix where Harry's been abused, where Harry's been beat up by his friends, where Harry's been kicked out of Hogwarts, where Harry's been, you know, raised... Harry's forced to be a slave. Yes, she's read the the fix where, you know, like, Harry's a taxi cab driver, you know, who doesn't get paid the minimum wage, where Harry, you know, was... I don't read those. Okay, but she, she, she... Jen reads, you know, the, the, the darker side of Harry. So... Let me ask you this. Like, for all the fics you've read, like, what do you think of just the dynamic that we're going to turn part of the plot, for better or for worse, into, you know, abused Harry? He's not abused, but that's the topic, is Harry being, you know, physically abused. Like, Yeah, like, what did you think of that? Like, just, like, take it, step away from the story for a minute. We're, you know, what do you think of that and how it was handled? And I'm just, I'm just kind of curious, because you've read a lot more abused Harry stories than I have. Oh, are you asking me? I'm asking anyone who wants to answer well, like, as far as, like, emotional angst, this one tops the cake. Because if it's not one thing, it's another. And all these issues, and they're all backed up. And you can understand why he has all these issues. And, like, and yet it's still moving forward. It's not like, yep, he has all these issues, and that's the end. You know, he has these issues, and, like, he things happen, and he reverts back, and then he goes forward. And, and it's it's constantly the two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, and you're just waiting to see if he's going to make it to the end. And in that, I love the story. This is kind of why I recommended it so much. But I know in a lot of other, like, angsty fix, like, I'm trying to think, you know, some of they don't, none of them go into as much detail as the story. And I think that's what just makes me like love this story the most because I like reading every angsty detail of every little thing. And, um, you know, but that's me. I, I notice the things and she points them out. And so it makes a good team, author and reader. But that's kind of, but that's kind of my thing. And 
Was that the question I, I asked? Well, I, I went off and then I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan's questions are always like three or four sentences long, so you have to like. I know your find question, the, the heart of the question, and then like go. Okay, are you asking how did I thought you asked how does this angsty fit compare to others I've read? Well, that was a good answer to that question. Well, thank you. What did you really ask? <laughs> I thought, That's what, what I heard. How did you think the concept of just abused Harry was handled in these chapters? I don't know. Like, like I know how I feel about the concept of abused Harry. Usually in fics, if you read about abused Harry, it's going to be a very deep, you know, child abuse fic. And now it's, like, you don't see abused Harry come up in the canon at all. I mean, it's just kind of like an afterthought. So I was just curious, like, this is a fic now that's getting into child abuse, getting into all these Well, murders. see, but that's what that's what bugged me so much about Joe Rowling's fix. Like, she was like, here's Joe this Rowling's kid. Fix. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel about them. No, um, okay. that's all awful. Blast me. I know. But anyway, um, Ryan once asked, would you choose canon or fix? And I chose fix. So it's really hard because which comes first, the chicken or the egg? And then it's this big, profound conversation. And sorry. Okay. Anyway, I know I never thought that Joe ever went into the angst. And, there, it, and yet it was there. Like she told us. Harry was mentally abused. She told us that um, he was skinny and and he would you know and and he needed love and effect and like obviously he hungered for all of these emotional things and the physical aspects like he was constantly being put in circumstances where he absolutely should not have been there and so but she never went into like she never got really deep in the emotional profoundness of what was actually going on, which always bugged me. Yeah, like if if you look at these chapters, I mean, you can't treat, you, you know, child abuse in Harry Potter like you would in your regular life. You can't treat it like it's, you know, like the, like the three year old kid next door who's being abused by his father. Because the thing with Harry Potter is we're dealing with the central character who is going to be abused is definition of the plot. He's going to be tortured every year by Voldemort. He's going to suffer. He's going to lose people. I mean, this is like literally like a. It could be an analysis of, like, the breakdown of a human being. I mean, like, everything Harry goes through. So it's when – it's interesting for me, and maybe this is just something I'm trying to work out on my own. It's interesting for me when you bring in – literally into a Harry Potter story, when you bring in social workers and you say, well, your father's being hard on you. Well, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want any father to be literally fighting with his kids to the point where the kid's bruised and bloody. But on the other hand, you have a situation where the alternative to that is he's going to be executed later this year, so the father's trying to build him up. It's a weird situation for me, at least, to have a social worker involved, because you can't treat Harry like you would a normal kid. I mean, he's not a normal kid, as a definition of, of what's happened to him and who he is. Well, and I even liked how she brings up, like, when they're filling out the application forms, mm -hmm. and he's saying, uh, you know, what should I put as your job description? And he's talking to Snape, and she's, he's like, should I tell him you're training me to be the defeater of Voldemort? And Snape's <laughs> like, no. I I liked that they brought that issue up, because... You know, as as much as we try to hide the fact, I mean, they're growing as a family and they're trying to treat Harry like a normal kid and let him have a childhood and blah, blah, blah. It's still like this hanging over their head thing that eventually he's going to have to fight the Dark Lord and save the Wizarding World. And he is a hero. And like, that is really hard. I mean, how do you punish the savior? You know, like, yeah. it's just an yeah. issue. So it's just an issue. Yeah. How do you 
like, you can't beat around the bush if you're raising Harry Potter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know, and he knows, and everybody in the world knows, and it's just a matter of dealing with that. Should we talk about, uh, that'd be the house elf, and we need to talk about Narcissa Malfoy trying to get to Draco. Yes. And Draco, Narcissa and Pansy, the women in Draco's life, we need to talk about them. Okay. I wanted to talk about ending lines versus like how we're reading the story okay. like i know that there was a few in this set of chapters that i just went oh my gosh when i'm when i was first reading like i remember like the one line that was like draco's gonna die he's gonna die a horrible death and we have to find a way to stop it and like that's the end of the chapter mr war fire it's like the end of a season it's like oh my god let me sum up what's happening and she does it like and every single time i'm like oh my gosh and like i have to go to the next chapter all right, so let's so we've we've got that. We've got um, okay, we've got Debbie the house elf. We've got uh, we've got the entire rugby story and the entire you know the lies within lies within lies. We've got Harry telling Hermione about his magic. So does everyone haven't have, done dealing with Hermione yet? Yeah, like Tina, was there anything you wanted to make sure we got to? Um, I don't know. Did we we talked about the Lumos, but did we talk about like after that 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 it was parcel the tongue Devin thing? Oh, the parcel tongue, yeah. I'm going back to Devin for training or something. Uh, oh, yeah, we've discovered the key to Harry Potter's powers, and we haven't mentioned them. Oh, and Hermione's letter of, did he really say I was um, cute? Draco, Hermione yeah. shippers everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meg, okay. why you know you what that back? reminded me? Oh, I'll save it. We'll talk okay, about we'll get back to it, Jen. Why don't you go first, and then we'll just go around table. Well, I think, without me going first, I think we should go back to 60 uh, or 59 when they talk about we, we definitely need to bring up the issue of Harry's um, magic working through parcel tongue because he can't access his light magic anymore. And so they've been trying and trying to get is, – is, oh, am I jumping the gun? Nope, that's, that's, no? that's right. Okay, and they've been trying to access his dark powers, and he hasn't figured out how. And suddenly he speaks to his snake and bada boom, bada bang, no more snake quarters. Yeah, exactly. That's an interesting idea, you know, that the parcel tongue um, is to access the dark side of Harry. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and the dark side always makes me think of the Force. I've only seen Star Wars once, so I'm not really sure. Sir. Do we all Scary. feel better? <laughs> I know, yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. yeah. I can't watch that movie without thinking of Eli because he sounds like James Earl Jones. But anyway. <laughs> oh, goodness sake. A key we have made love it so life. far Let's just... talking about Eli. Right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So we talked easy. about that. So now Harry is using his snake powers. And yes. I love that I'm calling powers. it snake powers. His snake powers. <laughs> the power of the snake. Is dark magic through parcel tongue because yeah, so if he ever needs really to well. fight Indiana Jones, he'll be like right on top there. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love Draco's I line when Harry, because when he uses his wand, it so amplifies the magic that the spell is like hideously overboard, and he uses the spell that Draco uses in Chamber of Secrets to create a snake, and he creates a basilisk. And Draco's response <laughs> is, "I joined the army of the light to get away from the damn snakes." Like this is not right. Well, without. <laughs> Without yeah. skipping over that scene, I and now that I think about it, like there's so many things about that scene that I really love. I love that Harry is laughing 
he can't like he's laughing because he's Lumos worked and like Draco is like going Nux or Finite and Contatum and like they're trying everything yeah. and like they're saying no he cast it he has to say it. and like Ron is like trying juggling him trying to keep him awake because evidently mm-hmm. Lumos is like having a concussion. And well, yeah. it's it's like well, it threw him back. <laughs> Lumos is having head. a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> he hit his head, so he, he hit can't... his head. Oh, and, like yeah. he has all the time. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, usually it's Hermione, and and I, I was really the proud of Ron there. You, Jen. Are you a witch or aren't you? Like it's like Ron's got a brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and did you see? Okay, sorry. No, That's please. Off topic. That was that no, was high pitch, oh. Meg. Oh, Meg, Meg, how can you say something we're about to discuss is off topic? Please continue. <laughs> no. We just sang Star Wars for like five minutes. <laughs> it was just about it was just about um, Deathly Hallows when when Hermione said the same line back to Ron. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Always, the and I loved that. I loved how things came. No, 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 no. When she said to him, "Are you uh, a wizard or aren't you?" Oh yeah, that a lot of things came from full, full circle. circle. I loved that. <laughs> anyway, I um, that. told you good- it was off topic. I warned you. <laughs> Draco and Harry and Ron. Let's get back to that. I like, you know, I was going somewhere and now I can't remember where <laughs> I was going. It's the fourth time you said that tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm really trying hard to concentrate. Okay, funny story and then I'm done. I uh, was trying to summarize the chapters for Ryan tonight because he asked me to. And it literally would have taken me five minutes. But I'm like staring at the thing and like it was like, ooh, shiny, ooh, shiny, ooh, shiny. And I could not concentrate. <laughs> And finally, I was like, Meg, you have to help me summarize the chapters. I can't do it. She's like, why can't you do it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> that brought you this episode, everybody. We just don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. But, yeah, like, the one thing that was painfully obvious in the writing was that Aspen um, made it clear that it was Harry speaking parcel tongue. It was, it was him speaking to Sal's that was what was allowing magic to start. So when he's trying to find the off button and he can't turn off like the damn, you know, blowtorch essentially that his wand is turned into that, you know, if he speaks parcel tongue, it'll work. And it's just so frustrating because it's like, okay, maybe he'll get it. Now the couch explodes. Maybe he'll get it now. He blows a hole in the wall. Maybe he'll get it now. You know, like the, like the sprinkler system gets set off and like, it just, like, it just cracked me up the fact that you like, it was frustrating because we knew what to do, but the, the characters didn't. And I, I love the fact that you know, Ron is <laughs> doing, Ron is doing his absolute best to keep Harry conscious. And the minute he that's the, the wrong thing to do. As soon as Harry loses consciousness, the spell loses power. I know, I know. Another another thing that I thought was really interesting is that Harry is still scared about this um, an adoption thing. And especially now that Snape knows about it, like, and I know that when I was reading this, I kept thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you know, Snape's going to adopt him and have a fallout or, 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 and then the back of the mind would go, no, 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 it's something else. Something's going to happen and Snape is going to be forced to unadopt him. And like, I just think it's really interesting that they keep bringing it up. And yet, like all these chapters happen and we don't know anything we don't, we still don't yeah. know what's going on there. And that one is still like one of those impending plot points that we know it might happen, but it might, but we know it won't happen in the way we think it will, or at least we hope that it won't. Well, you can tell that Aspen true even in that. Like one thing I was thinking was either it's going to come true or Harry's going to change the future. And it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, like you can he's tell. He's going to change the future? Well, no, it's, he's with, with all like the, with the dreams, you know, about the unadoption, you know, Harry's, you know, focusing on it. And he's like, well, either it's the future 
and I can't prevent it, or I can it's true, and I can find a way to work around it. He never. Well, really- I do want to say that he hasn't nothing he's been able to prevent. Everything has just meant something different than what he ex- originally thought it meant. Well, you can. But tell everything it- still comes true the yeah, way he says it will. Because you can tell that Aspen must be a huge Star Trek geek or something here, because it's just <laughs> it's, 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 it's the time we can ask that on our questionnaire. Yeah, it's the time. If not, sorry, but it's it's the, it's the whole time travel <laughs> paradox thing. It's like, for example, if you went back in time. You know, and killed your grandfather. You were never born. But if you were never born, how did you go back in time to kill your grandfather? So of course you couldn't have done it. So that means your grandfather. But there's no time travel here. No, but it's the same thing. If you if you see the future, how do you prevent that future? Because then if that future never happened, you never saw it. So you never went back to prevent it. It's like the same type. I mean, she's great in the way she writes it, and that she doesn't get into the specifics of it. But that's the paradox. It's you know what's going to happen, so do you cause it to happen? Harry knows that Hermione, well, you know, presumably has no clue that he has his magic back. So if I tell her that, that little piece of time will change, and that will cause you know Draco's death to be prevented. When in fact, in the dream. Hermione did know that Harry had his magic. In fact, we later find out she's been training with him for weeks. Of course she knew he had his magic. So that completely shifts that scene. Why don't we jump ahead to um, Hermione? I think it's 60. Yeah. Are we talking about dealing with Hermione in the aftermath of that? So when I read Snape, like, it's time we dealt with Miss Granger. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad. Is that like, she, is that like Meg's husband yeah. dealing with the mouse? Like, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, Harry, but we're I going to have to. back the very next day. She's going yeah. to have to die. <laughs> I was really afraid yeah. for Hermione's then life. Like, finally, the Snape Hermione smut. Gosh. Yes, finally. Well, I love it when he calls our Miss ha- Granger. It's so dirty. You have to have you have to love the thought process that like we're having at this point. You know, Snape is so pissed off at Hermione for even implying the fact that Snape could be an abusive human being that he's going he to He might have to give her detention. He, he's going he's going to have to kill her. But at the same time, you know, I really like the comparisons of how Snape deals with Hermione versus how Snape deals with Ron. Like, okay, he gives Ron ten bazillion lines and then, like, insults the, his spell and makes him do it again. And, like, then he has to at dinner. Like, everything's very hands-on with Ron. Hermione, I at least feel that he gives Hermione the respect of treating her like an adult. He writes her letters to her intellectual level. He's going to deal with her on, again, a... He obviously he wants to clear up this misunderstanding that she has, but at the same time, it's not something like he's going to give her lines or send her to the principal's office. That you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You, I just have to point out that that Meg just did the gen noise right there, so you know the train continues. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, here's the thing: on some level, how much do you think that like Snape is obviously very pissed at Hermione here? I mean, I think anyone who you know, really enjoys the situation that in the family dynamic is pissed at Hermione for, for ruining, even if she has great intentions. But if you think about it, I mean, like, like, like there's no doubt that Hermione was acting in Harry's best interests. She didn't do it well, but she was acting in his best interests. So you have to wonder, even though Snape is a perfectionist and is pissed at her implementation on some level, he's got to be impressed with her motives that she was looking out for Harry. I mean, and, and, well, actually, well, no. I mean, Ron was too. Although Ron was basically more anger, and Hermione was more, you know, concerned. But 
on some level, I mean, like for me, I can't be pissed at her mom. I'm one of those people. If someone means well, I have a hard time being pissed at them, even if they completely screw the whole damn thing up. I mean, it's just, well, I, and I think Snape feels that way too. Like I feel like he's uh, he's uh, aggravated at her misunderstanding, and he's annoyed at the situation. But I think at the same time, I think he respects that she cares about Harry that much because he cares about Harry that much, yeah. and maybe yeah. that's why he doesn't fly off the handle. I think so. I think that he probably knows Hermione well enough. He's been her teacher for however many years, you know, to understand. He must think she's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to know she's brilliant. You know, to deal with her on a, the intellectual as an intellectual equal is kind of interesting. I, I like that compa- the comparison that you made. Ryan. Thank you very much. I thought it was pretty good. No one said anything. And I was like, oh, you like, the compa- <laughs> yeah. you, did you say you like something I said? Oh, was it no, Jen she was complimenting that? me. Uh, okay, I'll, I'm going to go Sorry. hibernate now. Um, enjoy the rest <laughs> of the episode, guys. Um, and I really like um, the letter that Richard Stein sends Professor Snape, and Harry's like, that's a nice letter. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, both the Slytherins are like rolling their eyes. My goodness, that's so funny. I just like, I like how intellectual she makes the Slytherins be. Like, Yes. And I'm not They're- saying that the Gryffindors are idiots, but she makes the Slytherins so much smarter. <laughs> they're not smarter necessarily. They're, they're cunning. Much, they're they're cunning. Yeah, they see they plots see plots within plots. Yeah, plots within plots. That's <laughs> the way they think, which is kind of interesting because if you think about uh, the Slytherins in this um, story, like with the hierarchy of the fandom, <laughs> like <laughs> plots within plots and circles within circles. And well, I just. I find I find these sexy guys really appealing, and I and I like that she writes about them being really smart. I, I think it's probably what I think is funny about this um, pure blood thing is that this Wizarding Society, Ryan and, and Jen and I, we've talked about this before about them being about a hundred years behind us, mm-hmm. and the 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 pure blood society kind of reminds me of like the aristocracy in France right before it fell, or you know the aristocracy in Britain before it became really unpopular. You know, that the nation's like, everybody's <laughs> apologize to the French and It got canceled. It just wasn't popular anymore, so they just thought they'd try something new. Well, no, like, it's 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 not popular. Well, I mean, they don't have any power anymore. They don't have any money anymore. They don't have any... They don't have any power anymore in Britain. They don't. I they have the House of Lords. And that's, I mean, but... Isn't there a way that, like, maybe Amy can tell me, but I'm sure there's a way that you can get in there. Well, yeah, you could be, like, a prime minister or something. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's... Right, exactly. A former prime minister. We have the House of Commons and the House of Lords, but I'm not really sure the House of Lords is reserved for lords anymore. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's interesting. I love how doing, like, the British, like, political system here. And I'm like, <laughs> We're all like, hmm. Just, like, for a while, but... <laughs> in here, I'm wondering, is Galliano real? <sighs> Because I, I bet want it is. Some. I think it is, and that sounds disgusting. But I bet it really? is. Really, I like licorice, and I really am fascinated by it. What? And I'm I not like surprised that, that Snape would like black licorice. Of course, I know, you know like the most disgusting candy there ever was. Oh no, it's not. It's great. I love it. It always yeah. reminds me of Mikewell. <laughs> Which she is on at the moment. She's in a crash any moment now. I am. Yeah, I thought it would be something like sambuca. You know, have yeah. you have you guys ever had sambuca? 
I don't know what that is. Yeah. Like, oh, one really thing I want to... It tastes like NyQuil. I want to jump in here. Did you love the part... I know we're bouncing all around this tonight, and we're medicated, so deal with it. But do you like the fact that um, Snape, like, when they tell him you'd be a great... Like, Hermione tries to go with him, like, oh, Professor, you would have been excellent as a defense against the dark arts teacher, isn't you never get the job? And he's like, you actually thought I wanted that crappy position? <laughs> it's like, what? He's like, I've been lying to you all this time. Like, I thought that was just a great twist in the canon. Yeah, me too. That's kind of an interesting um, look on that, you know. But yeah. I think that a lot of Snape-centric um, fanfiction has him be more interested in potions than defense against the dark arts. Yeah, it's but, like, well, it's when you think about it, we're now at the point where, like, with this, we've been around the Snape forever because you know we're in chapter sixty-six, so we know we feel like we know Snape pretty well. So then, when you look back at the canon, you're like, "Ha ha, I was lying there, I was lying there." And yeah. Like, like, like it's interesting when you try and now meld the Snape back in because now you have basically two fully formed Snapes. I mean, we've gotten more Snape in these last sixty-six chapters than we got in the entire canon. So you know mm-hmm. they're both fully formed so it's fun to like have Snape versus Snape it's kind of like George Bush the governor versus George Bush the president on the Daily Show which is kind of funny <laughs> I love it the is Daily funny. Show. Yeah, it's I like have say, I was having a thought that this the Skype conference that's going on to the left of our to the left of my window that has the conference conference is kind of like the Colbert Report of the ward it's like, <laughs> it's like it's our sarcastic commentary on everything that you're saying, or that everything that everybody's saying. <laughs> and it's just, it's really... Mostly funny. random. <laughs> it's mostly random. What are these days? I have been have- reading this. Hold on. I love how Jen left for like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a crush on Jon Stewart. I know. I, I'm, I'm a Stephen Colbert girl. I'd totally tap that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no. You know what? I had a friend in high school that reminded me so much of Jon Stewart. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Anyway. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Are we still podcasting or are we waiting on Jen? To Can I just tell you, back? we only have an hour and 43 minutes of recording right now. And I swear to God, like, we won't be able to use, like, 45 minutes of it. This. <laughs> this is the shortest episode in Puffle history. Well, that's what we said about episode four, too. Special episode four. That's true. We haven't talked about anything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yay! Welcome back, Jennifer. Wait, y'all didn't pause for me, did you? No. We no. talked about John Stewart for a little bit. It was great. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm back. I'm sorry. No problem. Uh, I've been okay, talking too much. Talking you about? guys lead the rest of the show. I've been talking too Jen, much. Jen, lead us. Fearless leader, Jen. I really liked how... Um, I really like how Harry keeps arguing with Snape. And it's like he, neither one of them are comfortable really with their place yet as parent and child. And both, I think, are trying to reach a happy medium. And at the same time, like, I can't help but feel a little aggravated at Harry at times. But at the same time, if he didn't argue back a little bit, he wouldn't be Harry. And so I can't really, I don't know. I, I love that aspect. And I love that she captures both ends of that so well. It's really it makes things interesting. You know, you don't ever feel like there's just a conversation going on. Like there's a conversation only this part of the conversation it means this and this he's really coming along but oh the bounds aren't there and I don't know. I really like that. The developing relationship between um Harry and Snape as they kind of figure out what's going on is um is kind of an interesting one. You know, in that 
it's kind of one that all parents of teenagers have to go through a little bit. And, you know, when maybe like Tina, you can correct me when I'm wrong. But, you know, I remember when I was like 14, my parents realized that I could think by myself. And, uh, you know, having discussions with them as opposed to being told directly what I had to do, that was an interesting transition. And so, you know, really? Steve and Harry are kind of having to go through that one now, too. Yeah. I think I was, spanked, and I, I was spanked like an uncommonly long time. Really? But I was really immature. Yeah, I have to say, like, I... I'd gosh. like to just say for the record, it's episode 30 where we started talking about spanking, Jen. I know. Well, no, not, you know, in the terrible, I mean, obviously I got, I mean, that was only when I did something really horrible. And I think it just, the reason I said it is because I think they were arguing it at one point and, and Snape steps forward or something and, and Harry rears back and like this, the, the fact that he did that, the reflex, like makes Snape go, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to hit you. And I was just like, even like years after the spanking stopped, I remembered like, backing up and that's like and yet in the harry's like and i wasn't abused like it was not do you know what i mean yeah i, I completely like, do yeah and but when i'm reading about harry doing that like it's totally an abused thing you yeah. know what i mean and so i think it's so interesting how we get so much background on the character like if i had read that you know, and any parent who raises their arm or moves forward, you know, the kid is just going to go, oh, <laughs> take a step. I mean, it's just growing up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, you're in trouble, you know. <laughs> the only person that does that doesn't do that when my dad raises his hand is my brother. And that's because my brother's bigger than my dad now. And can yeah, that probably must be nice. Yeah, that must be nice. I keep telling Zach that must be nice. But he's, he's like but really I- solid and. Yeah, they get in fights. It's really funny. My dad and my my dad, the ex marine, and my brother get in fights, like physical fights, where they like wrestle each other and stuff. My dad beats him every time. <laughs> so funny. The eighteen year old and the forty five year old. The fact is that Snape is a very hands on, you know, I'll say physical, you know, in your face guy, and he adopts a kid who was abused as a child. So. Everything has that more serious connotation, you know. You couldn't mm-hmm. like, you know, like if Harry, like, like, how do you spank a young child who's been abused? If Harry were much younger in the story, I mean, it's it, it, there, there's different. Well, and especially when you were abused yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's different right. levels to it, and like, and I remember exactly the scene you're talking about. You know, Harry makes the decision that he knows too much that he has to act and he makes the argument that i need to tell hermione about my magic and if i do that then the dream will never possibly come true because if hermione knew about my magic you know draco won't die like i didn't think that that was the, the, the fact that she knew about magic was like the deal but it's like saying if hermione was wearing you know a red scarf in the dream if, as long as harry steals the red scarf then draco can't die it's i, I don't get the connection mm. between it just mm. it doesn't like i thought that would be more of the you know the angle well and yet they did try that harry knew that draco was going to be in the owlry and um so he tries to stop draco from leaving the room and he is unsuccessful obviously it's just gonna. I happen. mean, he tries, but it's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, and the only thing, and I talked about this in the very beginning of the podcast. One thing I'm thinking, because Harry mentioned the owl reach to Draco, I'm thinking somehow someone will die there, and Draco will be responsible, and somehow the fact that Harry mentioned the owlry will prompt them to be in the owlry. Whether Draco goes there as a result of Harry having said that, whether that puts an idea in his head, that will somehow, my prediction is, be a factor, and that is why Harry will blame himself. And it's like the whole conversation that Snape has with him. You cannot, 
you do not know enough to be able to predict the future. You do not know by telling Hermione this that you will prevent you know your brother from dying. This could cause Draco to die as a result of you doing this. You can't play games with with destiny and fate, and, and I'm I think that's going to backfire again. I thought it was interesting when Snape when Harry tells Snape about Draco's impending doom. What did y'all think? Like, okay, I think this is an interesting topic. Okay. What do you think about when Harry keeps talking about things, like whenever he's, I'm trying to think of the word, but he switches from professor to sir, and at this point, Snape is finally like Severus, or father, or dad. Even if I'm mad at you, I'm still your dad. And, like, although, like, Harry is constantly telling himself, Snape is my father, Snape is my father, like, it has not sunk in. Yes. Well, it's so new. Not really. It's like if you get along really well with your new girlfriend, but you have a big fight, you think she's going to leave you. I mean, when things are new, there isn't that history that you can say, okay, you know, no matter what happens, he'll still forgive me. Because they've had, what, two fights? So they don't know that. So, And I did notice, I like that she pointed that out, I did notice that he always called Snape Professor whenever he was on, you know, eggshells. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought that was really interesting. And um, I think that's not... I think... Sometimes, too, Harry doesn't use the term sir because he thinks Snape is mad, but because he's mad. You know oh, what I mean? Think? So he's, like, like throwing it in his face a little bit. Oh, I never got that. Really? I feel like, like I know when I was it a little I bit did, like a teenager. I got that too, Meg. Yeah, like, when he says something, like, as a retort, and he'll be like, blah, 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 sir. Yeah. Yeah, Kinda he's like, saying it, like, like maybe it's because like I have a teenager. trying to give him a little <laughs> dig. I know I used to go, mother. Yeah, I never, was, yeah exactly. Yes, mother. I, I did that to my mom today. Is it okay if I talk about something for a minute? Draco's mother problems. <laughs> oh, I like that he likes his mom. I, You know, it's interesting that they have this, um, like, almost a uh, Stepford Wives uh, quality to Narcissa, this version of Narcissa. Yeah. Um. You know, I thought that was kind of interesting and that Draco understands it. And he's so, you know, it's almost like he's disappointed in his mom for being predictable, you know, or I can just read that that relationship is, you know, how hard would it be to have a mother that knows um, what's going on with you, but refuses to do anything about it? It's like, um, have you read A Child Called It? Yes, it breaks my heart. It's the most awful story ever. And Have you most- read its sequels? Yes. Yeah, okay. Boy Named Dave and all that? Um, okay. I had to. Yeah, I had to for um, human development. Woo! Fun class to say. The ha- most heartbreaking tar- um, part of that story is, and if you guys don't know what it is about it, it's the worst case of child abuse in California history, and I won't go into what, like, all it's about because I don't want Megan and Jen to get upset Yeah, the boy um, has written a, a, a book about his experiences. Right, and it's exactly. awful. It's terrible, and it's. I can't. It's you have to put it down. You can't get through it. No. Okay. And um, what I thought was interesting is that the worst part of that story for me is when the dad abandons Dave. Just oh my god! Knows exactly what's going on, gets up and leaves, and that's kind of how I feel like this relationship with Draco and Narcissa is like. Like Lucius abuses um, Draco. And then Narcissa kind of compounds the problem because she doesn't do anything about it. She just kind of, you know. That's such a good analogy. 
I don't know if Ryan, I don't know. They're being well, quiet, so I no, don't know but, if they've no, I'm read just, it. I'm just listening. I mean, one th- I haven't read that, but one thing I thought when I read this is you really haven't had any focus so far on Narcissa. It's been Draco and his father and how his father used to abuse him and you know how Draco takes it out on Dubby the house elf because Dubby the house elf is one of the ones who, you know, beat him, you know, wizard style. And it's, it's, when, when you look into that, you know, look at how the story has progressed so far. You have, look at the whole Draco dynamic. You have Draco who, you know, you have Lucius Malfoy who has raised his son to be this, you know, very elegant, very well-bred, you know, you know, young man of society who will go to, you know, all of the all the galas at the ministry and will sit up straight and will not move. It's almost like a JonBenet Ramsey kind of thing. It's like you will be so much older than you actually are. And meanwhile, if he, you know, is a brat at home, he will beat him, you know, have him beaten and have it him be able to literally be tortured as a result of that. The fact that when he sees this, you know, stupid little house elf, you know, 15 years later, 10 years later, he completely like beats the crap out of the thing. Cause he has so much repressed anger over it. Yeah. It's like, it's like this awful situation that, you know, Draco has gone through, but you never hear about Narcissa. I mean, think about it, you know, because Lucius is still active in the wizarding world, Snape did not adro- adopt Draco. And you have, you know, Draco has been, you know, essentially, you know, given the rights of an adult and he's been, you know, liberated from the rules, you know, that, that govern minors as a result of just this terrible relationship he has with his father. And Snape would have adopted him if that wouldn't have, you know, caused, you know, Draco to give up, you know, his, his, his money and, you know, and it wouldn't have put him in more of a disadvantage. But you never think if Lucius had a heart attack today, Draco could go home and live with his mom. Right. Yeah, which could happen. Right. I mean, li- like, and granted, maybe there was a lot of. I'm going by just the letter. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of Narcissa we don't know, but Narcissa from the letter, and I'll take it at face value, seems to be a woman who loves her son, but not enough to cross her husband. It reminds well, me- and yet both of them know kind of what the mother figure. They have like weird ideas of what the mother figure is supposed to like. I think it's just really. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I didn't no, mean to. No, please. But I think it's really interesting how. Harry and Draco are both boys and they're with Severus and Hermione is kind of like Harry's mom and Narcissa is like this horrible example of what a mother should be to Draco and both of them have kind of warped version of what a mom is and yet there's no female influence there and I keep thinking in my head Mm -hmm. what if this had been a girl what if and I'm not saying what if Harry had been a girl but what if the character had been a girl. Do you know what I mean? And would this relationship still work? And absolutely not. I don't think Mm -hmm. the relationship between Draco and Harry. Well, the whole family, like it just, nothing would work if it had been a girl instead of, a boy. One thing I was just thinking was, what if, I, I'm sorry, I, I completely misread that. What I thought you were saying was, what if Draco had been the girl, would he have been raised more by Narcissa than, than Lucius? And would he have no. escaped? Okay. That's what I thought you were going for. But, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that, that plays, I, I think, a great deal, you know, into it. I just, that was the one thing that got me is that, you know, take the, like the beginning of the story when you have Harry spend a weekend essentially with Snape and he comes back a changed person because he's had these experiences and you yourself think I've just had this like life changing event and I see this person differently now. And then, you know, after a while the, the, 
that newness wears off and you realize maybe the person isn't as different as I thought. And, you know, you, I think it's common and it's human to think that a single event, you know, you, this event will change my life. I'm married. Things will be different now. And the next week you're arguing over the electric bill and, you know, you, you, you're annoyed because you have to go grocery shopping and the kid needs to go to the soccer practice and everything is the same as it was before. It kind of wore off. And, you know, that I think is is the same thing here. Draco has had this life changing experience, and he's been liberated from his parents, and he's on his own. And Sable adopt him, and they're one big happy family. Nope, wait, never mind. Draco still has a mom who kind of likes him a little bit. Sort of. I'm missing something, yeah. aren't I? <laughs> we'll get there. I, and I that, well, he goes on and points out that there's he goes on and points out that there's probably a motivation behind the letter. He can't quite figure it out yet. Um, he tells that awful well the. Like the disgraceful story about what his great uncle did, you know, for a living, mm. which I personally found kind of horrifying. Like, oh my god! But not for the reasons that Draco's family found it horrifying. Oh, uh, I had a theory about that. What is it? Yeah, I have a theory that I have a theory. maybe not in this one, but in stories to come, in this, you know, like her sequels, that yes. they're gonna find out that Hermione is not a Muggle-born. Because <laughs> we've never had that come up before in the fic. <laughs> I honestly don't think Shut that's up, going to Ryan. be an issue. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, she's yelling at me like Jen usually does. We're bonding. <laughs> I like that. Huggles. Um, Huggles. I love how like I can say like you know the most like earth shattering. You can be like the culmination of you know all events in human history. And I can sum it up in one word. So it's like, oh, he's so cute. It made pun. Oh, face, Ryan. You make the funniest <laughs> little observations. It's adorable. Oh. I bite your hand and you pat me on the head. Right? <laughs> no, take a nap. <laughs> nap time. I'm older than Maggie on some level. She's Nobody like, Nobody needs a nap. <laughs> I'm yeah, well, when you become a mom, age doesn't matter anymore. You have dogs. So technically, she's older. <laughs> Why do you think I was older? Well, it's like when you become a mom, or like you just you were sounding like someone's grandmother when you said it. It was just well, when you're like you know when you have dogs, <laughs> you have to take care of them, and you're just yeah, I don't kids. don't compare them to kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway. someone was just making a great point, weren't they? But it was a nice point. Thank you. I don't remember yeah, what the point was. No, that was going to end up being not a Muggleborn. I bet you that money. really seemed like foreshadowing, though, didn't it? Like that little oh, point. something about that seems like something. Something is about happen. that scandal seems kind of important, but that might just be another trick that Austin's playing on us. Played on us because so many little details have been important that maybe this is like the one piece of fluff in the whole story. Don't underestimate <laughs> she her. She's very tricky. She, did spend the a lot of time on something that's not going to be relevant in the future. She spent a lot but, of time on something that's not going to be relevant? It, I said it if it is relevant. relevant, that might not be relevant. Maybe it's not relevant in a year like none other. Maybe it's relevant in the summer, summer one night. or the one after that. The year well, after summer's the almost year like over. Another. Summer's almost finished. So, Well, I'm curious. Can we talk about Hermione and Draco in this fic, please? Yes, we can. Can we talk about that for just a moment? Meg, does it's not, you have I'm sorry. But doesn't it seem like it, we're talking about Aspen leaving hints, okay? And how she doesn't seem to waste time on things. Now, maybe she's just throwing that stuff in for the humor because it is funny. But maybe there's another reason. Which is? 
which is maybe Draco and Hermione will fall in love. <laughs> I want them to. I feel so, so bad. I, I really do. Meg, She's crossing I, her fingers and toes and her legs and arms. Meg, I sense that you were once <laughs> a fan of Full House. Am I correct in that? Hey, Shut I was. Up. I was not. <laughs> no, I'm asking you. Were you ever a fan no, of Full I, House? Right. No. Cut it out. <laughs> I love that. I think I saw Gary K. Olsen on a magazine yesterday. I'm like, I remember when you wore diapers. Like, like I know. I'm probably like three years older than her, but whatever. But, you know. Like, okay, she's only a year older than me. Yeah, do, only she's 20 older. or 21. They're legal. Well, that makes me so happy because yeah. I'm not engaged. They're legal. But you saw her when she was a doctor. Jen has like a running list of everyone that becomes legal. I know. It sounds so disturbing. James, I if you're know. listening to this, Jen might can leave you with a moment's notice. Men oh, my gosh. No. Oh, my gosh. No, that sounds horrible. <laughs> okay. No, but I wasn't. I was not a fan of Full House, actually. Well, the reason I asked you that was they always had the episodes where, you know, Michelle would have, you know, the problem of the day and she, you know, would appear on her shoulder as like the evil twin and whatever. And the, you'd have like the good, like the angel on one side and you'd have like, you know, like the, like the devil on the other giving them advice as to what to do. Do they seal the candy bar or whatever? So it just reminded me something like that. So my, my question for you is when you are faced with a situation where Hermione is caught between Ron, who is your avatar and, and Draco, you know, you know, in this fic, you you know, you have the Draco Hermione angle. Who do you root for? In this fic, in life in general, like this is oh, be a in difficult... life in general. Yeah. Well, okay, that's sort of a hard question to answer because if I'm going to read a Draco Hermione fic, I think to myself, um, that Ron is going to get something bad or horrible that's going to be said about Ron in the fic. It's a given. It yeah. has to be done to make it believable. That Hermione all of a sudden is not liking Ron. It just or they've tried it and found that they I, work just better as friends. Like that well, works for me too. You know, whenever I see that though, I always am kind of like, no, I I don't know why. Really? I'd rather them say I'd rather them say Ron was horrible. And this is this is weird, kind of warped. But oh, I'm sorry. I, I just have to tell you why that. I'm laughing in the inside. All I could picture was when Harry was trying to come up with an excuse why Draco couldn't leave. He's like, I had a premonition. What was the first part of it? Um, Hermione and Ron were having sex, and right when I was thinking that, that was when you said, and he was terrible. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. (laughs) That's not what I meant. So they broke up, and she went with Draco because he's a. I'm like the official Ron. He's better in the. I don't mean that. Like I've said to you guys before, the reason why I always ship Hermione with someone else is because I want Ron for me. That's why. Hello. Oh, please. Hello. All right, Meg. Anyway, oh, but seriously, no. What but do I your always... husbands think of this? Uh, he <laughs> just lets me do my own thing at this point. That's probably yeah. Yeah. No, I told. I said that to you earlier today, Ryan. I have crushes on so many people. He can't even keep track anymore. He doesn't. Care. I know it's really awful. Like, I go on movie things, and I rent movies just based on, like, the one guy I'm having a thing for that week. Danielle's yeah. crush, Danielle does have a crush on John Crichton, so I really can't say it. I do. Really? I, I, I do, I too. too. And I also told my husband that if I ever got the opportunity to be with Zach Braff, I would leave him. <laughs> <laughs> really? You would think, I, yeah. He's really Do you watch his blog? I do. Um, I, I thought she just said something completely different. Okay. <laughs> really? Tina, do you have a... Tina, have you ever watched Farscape? That's hilarious. I love him. You have no idea. Tina, are you here? I'm here. I'm sorry I couldn't hear you over the over the screen. Do, do you have a crush on John Crichton from Farscape? 
<laughs> I, I don't know who he is. I'm, get, I'm finding a picture. Hold on. He's really cute. So, Bertina can't look at pictures, guys, because her computer will crash. It's all right. So, you're going to have to look at all these links. Honestly, though, yeah. I have a crush on about it. Like, well, I already said, in this podcast alone, Ron, that's a given, John Stewart, uh-huh. Zach Graff, John Crichton, and I have a lot more. A lot more. Link is in the thing, guys. Ooh, I'll take some of that. Let me try to see what happens. Oh, hold on. Is that even a cute... Like, I'm trying to find, like, there's this You'll really sexy picture. He'll be fine. He's in leather. He's in leather. He's always he's in leather. Oh, he's, he's got, got a, a sexy picture. Hold on. I'm going to find a sexy picture. What do picture. you want, Jen? You want him, like, crawling on the floor towards you or something? Actually, <laughs> just oh, give me a second. Tina, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I'm there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Tina's like, wow. Yeah. Were you looking? I'm looking. There you go, Tina. Okay, who yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see, I can see that. I suddenly forgot her name. I cannot remember the main girl's name. I thought you meant Tina. Uh, oh, uh, my husband oh. is in love with her. Oh my gosh! Oh, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron Soon. Do you know Soon is is spelled S U N? Yeah. She's Australian. She's Australian. She's hot. She is hot. I really want to look as good as she does in leather. And uh-huh. then Draco and I would be so hot together. Oh my god, Jen. <laughs> I just love hearing the things that I think of. Alright, last minute uh. thoughts. What did we forget tonight? <laughs> see, how I, see how I did that? I realigned us? See that? You like that? Yeah, I see that. I see that. What did we forget to talk about tonight, guys? Probably Anything? Like, probably like the major the plot of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think there's like like literally eight minutes of a year like not another talk in this entire episode. No, we had no, don't say that. We, no, we did. We talked a lot more about it in this podcast. I mean, just because we used examples from others, this doesn't mean we weren't well, making a point. Let's do this. Let's go around table, round robin real fast, and we'll just say, like, little bullet points of things we really liked in these chapters. Okay. Don't start with me. Tina, go first. Me either. Oh, oh crap. Yeah, no, me either. She's okay, staring at John um, Crichton. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, what? What's going on? <laughs> um... What? Excuse me? What? <laughs> Somebody fill me in. One of the things I really liked in these chapters was that Hermione was canon. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that she... Uh, oh, shoot. I thought I was going to sound smart. It's not working. Okay, no. I liked that Hermione was canon, and I liked that Harry got mad at her. Because I thought that that all flowed very nicely and made lots of sense to me and I liked reading that and it was funny sort of I also liked that Snape sang to Harry and that's what changed Ron's opinion and purely for entertainment value yeah it's like (laughs) no it's like it's like in the canon it's like the canon you wonder who will finally do away with Bellatrix you never think it's Molly Weasley just really pissed off it's oh my god how will how will Ron finally come around Snape will sing I love how later on he's I'm sorry, humming. It was the moment when you were humming. <laughs> like that's the yeah. euphemism like, we're going to use. Any better? <laughs> yeah, like like we're like we're going to have to go with the euphemisms here, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, well, the whole thing is actually really, if you think about it, like if you, we were talking last week, how the fight that um, Ron and Harry had in Goblet of the Fire mirrored the fight they had in Deathly Hallows. And if you think about this, if 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 we were to say this is canon, Hermione taking away Harry's broom from him in uh, Prisoner Prisoner of Azkaban. 
you know, when she was very much, you know, an outcast mm-hmm. for a while, really mirrors her turning Harry into social services and Snape into social services and so on. So it is consistent with the character. I think we had to forgot to discuss something. What? Like what? Oh, God. And if we did, it's very important. You don't remember what we forgot to oh, discuss? Oh, in Dreaming of Draco, okay. Uh-huh. Isn't that the chapter, I hope I'm right about this, where they're, where Draco and Harry are teasing Snape before they fall asleep? Yes. <laughs> the we shampoo. did not talk yeah. about the sh- that. So the funny. I just thought it was hilarious that during the entire thing, you know, like, during the entire thing, all that Harry is focusing on is the fact that he's going to get in so much trouble when Snape figures out that, you know, they were making fun of his shampoo. It's like, um, <laughs> Harry, he's a former spy, he's watched people get raped and tortured, and, you know, he's had a very tough life, and, you know, I really don't think you insulting his shampoo is, uh, like, I just thought that was, it was kind of like Draco was really upset to tell Harry that he saw him naked. Yeah. When, yeah. They, when, they, when there were all these guys that live in the same dorm and probably see each other naked all the time. Like, like I just thought that was just... Like there, there's moments when the characters just go down like the like the like the get your head out of the gutter that you're being in idiot modes and that was just it was completely natural but I just thought that was kind of like I loved that whole part it was so funny I'm not sure why I just would well I'm not sure how to say this I just did not expect to have the shampoo jokes in this fic yeah <laughs> but was pleasantly really see them yes. <laughs> They always make me happy. Yes. <laughs> I thought, well, you know. You think you she's not gonna go there. And that's right. what I thought. And, <laughs> and she does and it it's great. <laughs> Do you think like the hair would be like misdirection or something and really, you know, it's all a front for um... how sexy he is, he's gonna take off the glamour and wear leather. <laughs> did you did you read that fic, Jen? Like where he's wearing a glamour all the time and like he underneath he's really sexy. So Hermione Snape fic, I'm pretty sure. And like the whole yeah. time, I was I was just like having fits, laughing. I was like, okay, really? <laughs> I thought it was like I thought it was an interesting plot device, but um, obviously not a year. Like no, no, there's so Jen and I can have this conversation another time, <laughs> and I'll be totally up for it. I know you and I need to have a conversation one of these days when you're not so stressed. We need to just talk. But anyway, I love at the end with the shampoo that you know when Harry is going. What was it? It was at the very end. Snape makes the jokes that he doesn't label any of his potions because he doesn't want Harry to know which one the shampoo is. <laughs> That's, I get that. Yeah. That was great. And like even like the entire memory, I really like the the concept of of the memory when Harry has you know the the, the dream. Oh, there's so you know what? There's so much we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Snape's addiction. We didn't talk about so much stuff. Let's talk about those really quick. Is he chemically oh. addicted to truthful dreams, or um, is he addicted in the sense that he likes what happens? He's chemically addicted. He's chemically addicted. It's just like uh-huh. uh, dreamless or sleepless dream or dreamless whatever that drought is that you can get really addicted. That just to. reminded me. I once read a Tonks fic where she got addicted to sleepless. No. <laughs> I'm like, I read a talk Dreamless she got addicted to something, but... <laughs> Dreamless sleep. Yeah, dream yeah that was one of those ones where she was, like, having an affair with Charlie and Bill at the same time. It was pretty good. Nice. Good. But anyway, yeah, but really she got addicted, too. And I was like, you get addicted to this stuff in the wizarding world? So it wasn't a new concept to me, but I was like, Snape got addicted to something? It seems and then kinda- I kind of liked him better. Yeah, well, he's I'm got all about flaws, the flaws, you know. Yeah, I'm all about the flaws. 
I love it. It makes him a, it makes him a different. Which, like, you'd think different... I'd love Snape over that, but anyway. Well, it's like he he he's a human being and he has flaws, like you just said. But if you think about it, I like what it brings out in Harry's character too. Harry pushes and pushes and pushes and wants to know what's going on and wants to be in the inside circle instead of getting enraged and enraged and enraged like Snape would ordinarily do he comes down and says i don't want you to think less of me and i love the line i can't remember exactly the words but i i want you to treat me respectfully but i also want your respect and it matters to snape and harry thinks of him and he doesn't want harry to see him as weak and i mean i thought that was a great moment between the two characters i mean if you're going to have you know these two in a relationship like this there has to be some payoff and i thought that was a really great moment where you know you find out that snape is having problems because this isn't a snape fic like jen said once i mean this is a fic about harry so you don't see what snape is thinking you don't see you know the fact that snape is maybe having a terrible time with with the pain you know of the of of the death mark or the dark mark and and i i just think that's very relevant i mean and that's life too i mean how many young kids know that their parents you know have cancer maybe i mean they just think that mommy you know is mommy and they don't think you know of the fact that there's a world going on and snape is trying to treat harry like a little kid you know from that mindset he's trying not to let harry focus on his own pain or his own problems he wants harry to focus on his own and that kind of noble snape that we only you know get glimpses of in canon that's so much the truth here in this fic and i kind of really i i like that that chin-up british it's not that bad, stoic sort of British male tendency. And that kind of adds a nice, a different facet than what we usually see of Snape in this fic. Even it was, a, it was a good way, a, another way that Aspen makes her characterization of Snape interesting. I want to agree with what she said about Snape's nobility that we only saw glimpses of in canon, but is true in this fic. I think that um, that's true, and I almost hate to say that because I don't like Snape in canon at all, period, but I will say that he definitely had, like she said, glimpses of nobility. I wish it could have been more. Even what he had was mm. something that was remarkable. So, Well, he is, quite frankly, the most interesting character from canon. Yeah. You know, like, as far as being... I disagree with that. But. <laughs> well, I mean, interesting in the way that, you know, here we are how many months later and people are still debating Snape. Yeah. You know, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, very passionately. That's- I mean, well, well, here's the thing. I mean, anyone who's ever seen, like, has anyone here ever seen an episode of The West Wing? Nope. Yes. You I have, haven't watched you it. You have government workers who always have a comeback line, who talk very quickly, who walk very quickly, and are the smartest people in the history of the world running the government. And they know everything about everything. You know, like, they could do in 10 minutes what would take you and I two years. And when people in the real White House, you know, see that show, they're like, um, yeah, it's not really like that here. Like, we're a little bit, be- a little bit behind the curve. When you think about Snape in this fic, he is 27 spaces ahead of everybody else. He has foreseen everything. He has, you know, he has contingencies upon contingencies, plots within plots. When you see Snape in canon, you know, he doesn't realize that, you know, Voldemort's going to have the snake by them. It's like, yeah. like he's, he's not nearly the smart in canon. And I think that's, you know what? Who would you rather watch? You know, the, the real White House staff walking around or the, or the cast of the West Wing? That's the reality of the situation is that, you know, the, the universe Aspen has created is more entertaining. It may not necessarily be more realistic because, 
you know, you have 16 year old boys who are, are so brilliant and seeing things that, you know, that they're far beyond their years. So I just, I just thought I'd throw that. That was one of the things I was thinking in these chapters as I read about it. Well, I don't think this is more interesting than canon. I just think this is a different take than canon. A yeah. slightly different spin on Well, canon. I think the characters in canon are dumber, and I think dumber is probably closer to the reality because people aren't generally that amazingly brilliant and that am- amazingly strategic. Although, if you're dealing with Severus Snape, maybe. I think, yeah. Know, I mean, I'll put you this way. I think that the Draco from canon is more realistic. I think the Draco from A Year Like None Other is more interesting. So Probably. who do you want to yes. be, the realistic yes. kid or you're an interesting kid? I mean, Draco from canon was a wasted opportunity. I really? Because I think Draco from canon's endlessly fascinating. Well, but that's... Well, yeah, by the time he gets a half-blood prince, and then uh, yeah. it totally did not pay off in Deathly Hallows, which was very no. disappointing. Well, he's... Well, I mean, that's the reality of the situation. I mean, they were part of the Voldemort... Um, they are part of that movement because... It was comfortable, and when it's to be comfortable, like all, you know, aristocracy, they wanted to back out, and when they found that they couldn't, they crumpled. Well, that's the thing, too. It's I mean, all about convenience and easiness. And yeah. And not when, necessarily about. It, it's like, when yeah, look at Draco and Cannon. Draco and Cannon, you know, he is the Draco in this fic who, who didn't leave the Death Eater leaving. He's the Draco in this fic who, who, who didn't get out in time. And I, when I picture Draco from... Deathly Hallows, and when I picture Canon Draco, I picture that dream that Harry has in Deathly Hallows where he sees Draco being forced to torture, I, I think it's the Wandmaker. And, right. you, you know, it's he's this defeated character who's completely in over his head, and he's so ashamed when Harry and, and Hermione and Ron are dragged before him at the Malfoy Manor that he doesn't know how to react and doesn't know how to respond. You know, this is, this is a Draco who is proud, and this is a Draco who means something. I mean, when you look at Draco in these chapters, like... The one way I think of, you know, you're like none other Draco is after where Dobby arrives and, you know, Dobby kind of facing off with Draco a little bit. And he's like, I am on Harry Potter's side. Like, I I am loyal to Harry Potter. And that's, that's like a, that's a bumper sticker. But that's this Draco. This Draco is, is an honorable person who side, sided with Harry first because he was strong and not weak. And now because he's he cares about Harry deeply and that's not canon Draco. So it's like, when you look at it, well, what's more interesting, the Draco that makes, you know, the hard choice and, you know, you get to see him grow from it or the Draco who fails and you get to see him kind of crumble and break down. I mean, I don't know. Well, obviously he didn't crumble. He went on to have a kid, you know, so that the, and the receding hairline and, you know, named him after. The Malfoy Potter rivalry can continue (sighs) with all full steam ahead. I'll put you this but, way, Narcissa was more interesting than Draco in the canon. And, and, and Well, yeah. Well, then again, J.K. Rowling doesn't really do evil very well. <laughs> she you have do one hour. Really, really <laughs> <well>. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Sorry. She does, she does good really, really well. She develops heroes really, really well. Yes. I just think that she's probably a nice enough woman that evil doesn't really, she doesn't wrap her mind around it well enough. Because uh, Voldemort's not a good villain. And he, the he kind of reminds me of like the host at the Cheesecake Factory. I mean, like it wasn't a good. Like it's like one hour whale. It's like what? <laughs> he, like he pictured Voldemort giving them all those little vibrating things. You know what's flash. so funny about that is people who host at a really popular restaurant always think they have so much power. I know. Have you ever noticed that? It drives me yep. crazy. I hate that. Uh, anyway, but get sorry. over it. Jeez, you work for less that's than like Voldemort. Wages. That's like Voldemort. <laughs> no, okay, 
no offense to the host and hostesses of the world. I just meant that. <laughs> We're pretty famous. Meg's never going to get a, a, a... Meg's never going to get a table yeah, anywhere. Meg is screwed. Damn it. They're going to be like, you want to see power? I'll Wait. show you power. <laughs> It's like the uh, Meg from Wisconsin. Yeah, like, what restaurants do you have? Like, do, like, do you, like, are you in like a? Shut like- up! We have a Dairy Queen. <laughs> 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 Meg, That's I'd like to thank weird. you for naming this episode. We were <laughs> for anyone who's wondering, Jen had to leave for the night. I just have to explain to you what Jen did to me this evening. I'm talking to Jen. Now that today. she's gone, <laughs> I'm going to read to you the message I have from Jen. All right, Ryan. Hi, Jen. Jen. Hi. You're going to hate me, Ryan. Why would that be? Jen, laugh out loud. I can't record tonight. I've been trying and trying all day to get finished. Now I'm still not finished and I'm exhausted. I have to get up at five and take my dad to the airport, which is another excuse. I can probably record for an hour, but I can't do our three or four hour sessions. I just can't do it. Now at this point, I'm like getting the mail or I'm talking to my neighbor or I'm like I don't know what I'm nowhere near my computer. A couple minutes goes by. So we're now up to six sixteen PM from six fourteen. A couple minutes goes by. Ryan, do you hate me? <laughs> six seventeen. Okay, look, I'll be at the episode. I'm sorry. Give me half an hour, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and I'm like, but wait, wait, I wasn't there. And then she's insisting on being in the episode, and finally I did the thing where I typed like I typed a word and then hit a period, like just to show the I'm like Jen, take a night off. You have a hole in your colon. <laughs> and she said And that says it all. That says it all. And I'm like, Jen, you will we'll be there for the episode. And like I'm like, okay, I, I finally said, Okay, Jen, you know, come to the episode. She's like, I'm only staying for twenty minutes. I'm like, all right, she stayed for three freaking hours. <laughs> of course. So she's Jen. So I just want to point out that Jen is taken off of eating. But and yeah. she's devoted. Jen is completely is de- devoted. Jen is, like, I can't even begin to just... I swear to God, Jen schedule surgery around this podcast. Yeah, she actually did. Probably. I would yeah. actually think it... You know what? I think it couldn't hurt if she actually pulled a Katie Couric and scheduled surgery during the podcast. <laughs> pulled a Katie Couric. Goodness sakes, Ryan. Okay, uh, you were telling us about your Dairy Queen? What Dairy Queen? Oh. Are you still here? <laughs> I just came back. Oh, sorry. thank God. All right, never mind. Jen! There's a Dairy Queen Jen, in my I house. just did a 12-minute goodbye segment for you. And did you really? Oh, I'm so sorry. I had to help my dad um, pack for a second. It was beautiful. There was yeah. tears. I have to take him to the goodbye. airport. In the morning. You said goodbye. So long, farewell. Avidas and Sadu. I hate that musical. Oh, I can't God, sing for them because they know how to sing. <laughs> Because who? What? I said I can't sing with you guys because you know how to sing. Oh, bull. Whatever. I'm a pianist. I don't <laughs> sing. <laughs> I don't sing. That's a myth. 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 Yeah. <laughs> we've heard you. All, we've all heard it before, Chi. No, that's not singing. That's- I'm really glad I did this. I was so tired earlier and like evidently I feel like I got my second wind. Jen. Jen, they know. Yay. <laughs> what they know? While you were gone, I read our, told on I read you. Our that chat. was part of the twelve I, 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 I read our, our instant message from earlier. <laughs> yeah, oh. I could have shared mine from earlier too. I suppose. But you're like, yeah, I'm so no tired. Kidding. 
I was like, go to bed. <laughs> I know. I was so, like, this has just been the most strenuous week, and I'm so excited. I've never been so excited to go to the allergist before. <laughs> I'm so excited to go, and, like, I hope they just give me, like, millions of shots that take away the hives. Oh, when do you get moved into your house, babe? Are you already back? or what's Well, going on we're house? moved in as in everything is, like, in our furniture, and, like, the boxes are piled in front of the door. Uh-huh. We're unpacking this weekend because we just have not had the time to sit there and do it. And, like, it's taken this long just to get everything in the thing uh-huh. again. So we're also but, – but because because we got flooded, like, we, I'm like – what I spent today doing was, like, I had to call the, the furniture people because they have to come and clean the couches and stuff because they smell like mildew because of the water damage. And, like, I'm have, I finished all my claim papers, and those are all in, and so, like, we should be receiving a good check soon. And we can't buy anything until we have the check, but we have to tell them what we're buying for them to give us the check. So I have been, like, online shopping like crazy, telling them, well, we need this much. And, like, I don't, it, it, it's so much stuff. It's overwhelming. I can't even tell you. Wow. I would not. You have just got so much stress right now. That's kind of. I know, and my mom said that's why she thinks I'm breaking out in hives, but I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel overwhelmed and stressed. Like, I've been really kind of laid back about the whole ordeal, but she says that, like, sometimes you have stress and you don't feel like you have stress. And then instead you break out in hives. I break out in hives, which are off, like, seriously. But this isn't as worse on my bottom. Like I like several years ago in, in high school, I got bitten by a brown recluse right on the on the what is the back portion of your thigh called? I guess the back portion of your thigh, like <laughs> under, like right under my butt. I got bitten by the spider, and like you know, you can die. Yeah, yeah, and, that's what I thought. Yeah, but you know, here you just go to the doctor and they just cut it out and only I didn't know that it was a black uh, a brown recluse and like so we waited and like I was excruciating pain and like I could not it got to the point where I could not use the bathroom because I couldn't sit on the toilet because it hit that spot I swear all of my ailments are about the bathroom (laughs) it's terrible I just it's it's I'm like speechless I I know. I am too. Jen, I have to explain why I'm laughing. I need to explain that. Jen. What? I I was going to explain. You may have to yell what. All right. Oh, no. (laughs) Jen, what? I'm the one laughing. I mean, I realize it's ridiculousness. Jen, since I've met you. <laughs> no, don't don't say the list. I, no, I, you've I had, think about you've, it quite frequently. You've had it like like you've almost died six times since I've met you. Oh, at no, least. Yeah, I guess it's true. Like it's to the point now where we have to have emergency contact numbers for when you go to the <laughs> store true. to get milk because like she and I like are worried like if we like literally like Jen is kind of like our kid <laughs> like like no offense but like if you if we don't hear from you for a few hours we have to call to make sure you're all right I know you should try living with me it's hard Ryan's the worst though Ryan's the mother he's the warrior oh I am I'm such I a mother he he's is like, have you heard from Jen I'm like. Oh, I don't know. Probably not in a day or so. And he's all, "Do you think we should call her?" <laughs> like she's twenty four. No, no, that's not fair though. Because like, I know there's better. not fair though. Because there was okay. Here's the thing with Jen. 
And I, I, I'm typing actually to, <laughs> oh, to, to Oz Raven, Raven right now. Like, you're going to have a fun time with this episode. Like, like here's the thing with Jen. With the, okay, where am I going with this? Thing? I think this is why I like reading angst, because it has to be really severe to, like, even, like, okay. compete with my life. Yes, the thing with, that's exactly it. Like, you know... <laughs> You look like, Lewis it's amazing. Black. I'm You're not, like, putting my wrists. At least I'm not getting smallpox. You know, like, okay, <laughs> like, the thing with, okay, the thing with Jen is that, you know, Jen w- will podcast from the middle of natural disasters. She will reschedule <laughs> sc- surgeries. This is, like, Jen, when she makes a commitment, like, ooh, that's a big deal. Jen scheduled a ton of podcast stuff one weekend and then didn't show up for any of it. Oh, she called no. her cell phone. Her cell phone didn't answer. So, of course, we assume Jen is dead. Because that is <laughs> no, the only explanation. Jen was in the hospital, Ryan. You right. and I assume that, Jen I was in the hospital again. That is true. But but the thing is, is that, so, like, you know, we don't, uh, and we just say, you know, Jen, you know, something may have come up. We're assuming she's in the hospital. We think it's fine. So, I, I, end up I, I had to go away for the weekend i didn't bring my cell phone charger so my cell phone's off all weekend the minute i turn my phone on the minute i turn it back on after 72 hours she calls me and from what i gather from this there's no way that was the first time she picked up the phone so i'm picturing she is calling me every two minutes for the entire morning until i finally <laughs> pick up and like really? i asked the phone have you heard from jen yet well she i don't know i just turn my phone back on i have to check my email i don't know and so she is the mother and she's trying to push it all off of me. I'm, I'm a psych minor. I know what that's called. <laughs> a psych minor. That I can see right. <laughs> I meant it in a funny way and I didn't mean it to be a showstopper. Slightly, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> He's a little sensitive. <laughs> okay. You guys don't fight. Don't fight. Again. <laughs> No, it's oh, great no, about I this was group joking. of people. What's I was great joking. about this group of people is we all alternate being the mom. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's true. Meg was my mom today. <laughs> yeah. really Meg talks to me like she's my mom. <laughs> Does your mom use baby voice still? <laughs> no, yeah, it's, cause, it's like you, you like. Sometimes you're like, how are you doing today? Like, all right. I will say, though, like, that is something that I've picked up on my own. My mother has never used baby voice with us. Ever. Yeah, no. Uh, That would totally. No, I don't. She's always been very, uh, like, for example, I remember mom telling me a story, like, when they, you know, first you should know that my mom was an English teacher. But, um, that should say a lot, but no, like she, um, they were really into the, um, if you talk like a baby, your kids will like like have speech impediments and that kind of thing, I guess. And like, so I remember the babysitter saying, uh, Jennifer say horsey and I would go horse and she would go, (laughs) look at the horsey. And I was like, horse, it's horse. And like, but that was how we were right. Like we were, I don't know. What's really funny is that like they've disproven that, and that that mother I know the motherese that um the babble that all mothers do. What's really funny is that like from it's a universally cultural thing. Everybody uses a baby talk, quote unquote. Every culture has a baby talk, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this is great stuff that you get from human development. It's not all scary, and um well because that's, babies that's don't actually, understand words, but they understand like understand tone pitch. Yeah, yeah. So you, so you can be like. I am so mad at your daddy right now. I am going to kill him when he gets home. You know, and I've done that. I've <laughs> like, so done that. Like, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James Sometimes. does that to our dogs. I wish you hadn't pooped on the floor. 
<laughs> well, it's the thing that they do in when when you're in like film school. They'll show you a picture of like a Tyrannosaurus Rex running across like a black background, and you'll have like the da 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 music, and it's a comedy. And then they put like the serious music, and all of a sudden it's a scary time. It's like the yeah yeah yeah. Wow, that was deep of me. Very we profound. Do, do we have anything you know, else? Another want? thing that's what? interesting, like if you oh, say, I thought we'd ended it already. No, oh. no, we're still going. I'm so sorry, um, Aspen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, do we have any wow. questions? Have we covered everything that we want to cover for the it. podcast? I, hope so. <laughs> I think we're like, giving up. I don't think we cover like half of it, but I think we should give up if that's for us. Honestly, <laughs> I hope so. And it's about time for me to take my cold medicine. Are you going to get up so. in four hours? You have to get up in four oh, hours? Five hours. Why? I don't know. What time is it? 10.30. 5.30, I get it. Jen, you live in Texas. We don't. <laughs> Why do you have to get up at 5.30? Meg shares my time zone. Because I have to have my girls up at 5.45 and 6 o'clock. All right. We're getting out of here tonight oh for the gosh. night. As you can tell, we're all medicated tonight. Hopefully, Not, our well, listeners... Well, Jen, you're always medicated. We're, I got calamine in my eye. And Laugh at burns. <laughs> don't add more to it. Right. Oh, okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I give up. Good night. Good night. Good night, night, folks. That was like the. That was like the, like the like. I don't even know. That was either the best episode we've ever done or the worst, and I can't tell. <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I know, but I just, um, hold on, guys. Um, I, uh, what? It's 8.22. You know better than to talk to me right now. Snap! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm sick and she won't take care of me. It's really irritating me. Anyway. I know, sisters are pain. I know. She wouldn't make me a grilled ham and cheese sandwich today, so she's on my shit list. Mine's um, making me some meat. I've been Sorry. That just totally struck me as funny. So she's on my shit list. <laughs> don't deny, don't oh, deny me food. I get bitchy. Um, bitch, bitch, switch on. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Lady Chi going to do this week's mailbag. And uh, so let's go ahead. Our first... Uh, Voicemail is from Slytherin Phoenix, otherwise known as Cody on the forums. Hello, this is Cody, Slytherin Phoenix from the forums. And I just had a few things I'd like to say about 59 to 66. Um, the first of which is I really like how um, Aspen does the awkwardness of Harry calling Severus dad. Because it really would be an awkward situation. And the reader can feel that awkwardness when they read it. That he feels like he should call him dad or father or something like that, but doesn't really want to. And I think she also portrays that he never really had someone he could call that. And it's kind of awkward for both of them. Um, the next thing. And I think it's interesting Harry's comments about Snape's grading style. Because I'm not really sure. It seems a bit contrived to me that Snape wouldn't have realized that people take his comments literally. That he would have just thought they, that people would take them sarcastically. Because... I mean, I think Snape's a very smart man, especially how he's portrayed in this um, story. So I think it's kind of like a little bit, didn't really feel right to me that he wouldn't have realized that. 
But then again, that might also just be there's something in front of his nose, but he doesn't see it because he chooses not see it, which is another thing Severus is really good at. Um, of course, I love the quote where he says, I rather like the thought of Gryffindor's quailing at the sound of my footsteps. Also, um, partial tongue magic, I think that's really interesting because, again, with the um, idea that dark powers aren't necessarily bad and that dark can be used for good purposes. And I really... I really think that's interesting in this story because that's the main scene. Um, I just wanted to continue something about Ron's character because Ron, again, is seeing his perceptive a tiny, tiny bit with the cold compress where he makes the mention of the fact that the cold compress does nothing whatsoever and he's just giving Malfoy something to do, which actually kind of reminded me of when someone's giving birth and the father has no idea what to do, but someone just gives him something to do so he isn't hanging around. Um, and also that... Ron is very well-meaning, but totally inept. And it's kind of pathetic, but cute in that sort of way. And finally, I just would like to say that when I saw the image, when no, when Harry expelled Voldemort from his mind, all I could see was the image of, like, a fireball with Voldemort's face in it flying across the room. And even though it was supposed to be an emotional moment, I laughed. And that's it. And I can't wait to hear the podcast. Bye. Wow. Well, we're glad to have you on the podcast, Cody. I have to agree. It seems like some of the things that uh, she's trying to um, point out how intelligent he he is in her her writing most of the time. However, you have to remember not all of us are perfect, especially not adults. I think adults actually probably are a lot less perfect than kids sometimes. Yeah, I suppose like humorous, although I I think that as an author, I would hope that it wouldn't be. But um you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. So that was really cool of you to um, to call in. And I think that Meg will especially be happy that you noticed something um, about Ron. <laughs> so, okay. Our next voicemail is from Oz, or Oz Raven, who joins us in um, next week's episode as a guest host. So uh, enjoy the preview, guys. Here's Oz. Hello, this is Oz. Um, I figured I'd give my a little analysis of something that always pops into my mind when I read the chapters that you guys did for episode 30. In particular, I'm thinking about the Lumos and Harry's dark powers. And I think in one way, one aspect, Aspen's kind of leading us purposely down a blind trail. In the sense that when she talks, we talk about the power that the Dark Lord knows not, the prophecy. And I think she's setting us up to think that this power is Harry's internal dark powers, which he gets in touch with through parcel time. But my point is, I think this is a false trail she's laying. The reason I think that is because um, I question whether Harry's powers are really something the Dark Lord knows not. Because in theory, everyone has these dark powers, and Harry's only able to access his through the parcel time. So what I wonder is, yes, right now they're keeping this secret, but eventually, you figure before the series is out, before the final confrontation, Voldemort's going to figure out what's going on. And when the Dark Lord does figure this out, you have to think, well, he also speaks parcel tongue. This technically is not a power he doesn't know about. Once he understands what Harry is doing, he too could very possibly directly reach into these dark powers. So I think Aspen's setting this up down this false trail. We expect the power the Dark Lord knows not to be Harry's parcel tongue, when in fact it'll be something totally different that maybe we've had hints of, maybe we have not, maybe it'll be like in love, like in the series, I do not know. 
I just wanted to throw that out there and that thought was popped into my mind when I was reading this. Um, that is all. Thank you, guys. I agree. There's something to be said for um, the fact that Voldemort does know about parcel tongue. It's one of his powers that he transferred to Harry. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. I think that maybe Aspen is going to uh, throw something in our direction that we aren't anticipating. So, I think that's a very astute observation, Oz, and we'll see how it turns out in the end. All right, here we go. Next email, I believe, is from Najam. Najam, um, I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing that. Um, he's a Gryffindor from our forums, and so here we go. Hello, uh, this is Najam here again uh, from last week. I really enjoyed this poc- uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, it really wa- intrigued me because I have not been in the fic- fanfic uh, you guys have been discussing, but... I've been following it in the on the podcast, and I'm kind of tempted to re- read it now. But let's see where it goes. Maybe I will. Maybe I'm not. But thanks again, guys. And I just wanted to say it was really brave of Lady Chi to discuss her personal life in the podcast. I uh, kind of relate to it, but it was pretty good. Pretty good and pretty brave. Thanks a lot, and uh, thanks for introducing me to Smut too. Well, thanks, but. Hey, we're always happy to introduce people to Smut, and thank you for um, complimenting me on um, last week's podcast. That was kind of a hard decision that I decided, um, obviously I decided to make, but that I went ahead and and talked about my um, disease, the podcast. So thank you for um, noticing, and, and thanks for all the support I've been getting on the forums and everything. Everybody's been lovely. So, um. We're moving on now to Najam's second voicemail. Here we go, guys. Hello, this is Najam here again. I forgot to add that I would like to thank the spellcasters for entertaining us pretty well, actually. Uh, it's kind of funny. And uh, just want to give a shout-out to all the Gryffindors. Go, go, Gryffindor. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm sure our Gryffindors... Uh, Loved that, Najam, and, and the spell um, casters are very good friends of ours, and uh, we were also amused by their antics this week. Um, I will go ahead and leave you um, this week's mailbag. This is Lady Chi, over and out. Bye, guys. And now, an